This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 433. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Now this is one of these video things that we are want to do when the time is right, the stars align and I'm joined primarily with uh, my sexy co-host who doesn't often make a standard numbered episode. Uh, he usually demands a little bonus episode here or there, or a Bazzi's Backdoor Cinema, or nay, even a Baz v Horror episode. But he's joining me here because both my... He's also rubbing his nipple. Um, both himself and myself uh, were lucky and privileged to spend two days in a cinema uh, surrounded by other people with various body odours, uh, checking out Fright Fest for Glasgow 2023. So allow me to introduce him and we'll get this conversation a rolling. He's of course the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Abuya! Up, man! Shaking things up since we've gone all video new day, donkey. <laughs> Literally said to you, I was like, you're like, <laughs> is the pop shield no being on front of this? Is that going to be an issue? And I was like, nah, Baz. I mean, no. you're not close to the mic. You're not, you're not particularly loud. We should be okay. And you were just like, fine, let's fuck with it then. Yes. How are you? All right. I am well. I'm fully recovered from last weekend's shenanigans. Uh, the day we're recording this is one week, actually, to the day that we would have been... In fact, at this point here, we would have been just finishing the penultimate movie and gearing ourselves up for the final movie on the first day. So yes. I am... Um, I feel sad that it's gone. Uh, like, all things Fright Fest, you get into a rhythm, um, you get into a groove, and whilst it is exhausting like as soon as you're like less than half a day removed you kind of want to be back with your friends having a few beers and watching horror movies how about yourself it was your first one it was indeed um it was indeed it was a, a wonderful birthday present from you and uh scott and liam of scott and liam versus evil and jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts um and it was the time of my life it was uh, no, it, it, it was just a, a great, great time. Do you know what I mean? We're all pretty close friends nowadays. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, I've known you mm -hmm. a long time. We've not known Scott and Liam as long, but we're, we're dead close with these guys. Liam's brother, um, Daniel, was with us. That's uh, right. His younger brother, but you and I know Daniel. You more so, I think. But, you know, we've spent yeah, yeah. time in his company and that in the past, you know, so he's a, he's a familiar figure. And it was, it was, 
It was just a great way to spend two days, but a very surreal one as well. For, <laughs> I have never done that. The nearest, I was thinking about this, the nearest I ever came was when my grandfather took me to see uh, Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back in a double bill in the Dunoon Cinema when I must have been about fucking 10 or something like that. And he took me that. And actually, one of our listeners, Paul Kearney, talks about that double billing quite regularly because uh, mm-hmm. he didn't believe it had actually happened. And he, he began to wonder if he'd made it up in his head until I said that I was there as well. My grandfather slept through all of it. <laughs> but um, so God only knows what he'd have made a fright fest, let me tell you. Um, he was like that. This is just going to be a fad. No one's going to remember these movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have an endurance test to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there were some technical difficulties on day one, which I think added to that because it kind of threw our yeah. plans for sustenance and the like uh, a bit up in the air. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing that we couldn't overcome, but um, day two obviously was the earlier start and then the... Well, it wasn't a later finish necessarily, but a late finish as well, but it was definitely an earlier start. And obviously you and mm-hmm. I were having to travel through uh, from over our neck of the woods, swinging by yep. the, the sunny Hamilton to pick up young Liam. And then, and mm-hmm. so it was an early start on the Saturday for day two, um, which was the sixth movie marathon type thing. Um, <laughs> and I did struggle, and I put my hands up, I struggled a bit, uh, the kind of morning movies on the second day, um, just because it was fucking shattered, to be quite truthful. <laughs> um, but one, but then a film that played mid uh, middle of the whole second day uh, really grabbed me and perked me up and powered me through for the last ones. Um, but yeah, I, I, a great experience. Like I said, I think to you guys on the day, it's not something I, I would like to go to to go to on my own um, and there, yeah, there were yeah. people there on their own in fact there was a, a fella sat just along from myself and Liam um, who did both days on his own and hardly said a peep to us um, and I don't know how you could do that um, mm. I would have struggled I think to do it with anybody other than you guys to be quite honest because we've all got that passion for the, the, the genre mm-hmm. And that ability to just to sit there and ridicule it and laugh at it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which gives you a nice balance, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you need, to, you need to be able to, like, especially with a film festival, you're not getting, like, the, the movies, this is not like 11 movies directed by Jordan Peele. You know what I mean? It's not on that, it's not on that level. It's some guys that, yeah. this is their first attempt at making a movie they've done yeah. it with a group of friends on a shoestring budget and they're basically trying to tour it to get interest i mean a couple of the movies that we saw don't have distribution locked in at all at the moment yeah so we don't yeah, know yeah. when yeah. they'll be available for anyone else um that that's the one thing i've actually noticed in the week or so that have passed since then um i keep forgetting that out with the people that were there there are very few people that have seen a lot of these films Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which is kind of odd. Now, you and I both have uh, yearly passes, if you like, for a large cinema chain in this country. So we go along <laughs> to advanced screenings. Um, mm-hmm. 
but we're maybe seeing a movie maybe a, a couple of weeks or a, a month or so At before it, it, it comes out. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with this, as you say, there was quite a large percentage of these movies that we have no idea when they're going to get any any form of release, uh, mm-hmm. which was quite interesting because when you're immersed in it like that for two days, you forget that you're in this kind of little bubble. Uh, yeah. This weird little bubble of people that are, are watching this. So yeah, it was it was quite the experience, but a great one all round. Um, one that I would love to do again. Whether my wife lets me or not, it's a different matter. But <laughs> um, it, it's some and and if you are a fan, I, I, we chatted about the the London one, which is a, a much yeah. bigger, longer, more immersive experience. I think, but certainly if you if you're up here. Or willing to travel to Glasgow, um, and if you've got a crowd of pals that uh, you know have the same interest in horror films as yourself, it, it's a fucking great way to spend a couple of days. Uh, if you have the time and and the willing partners to let you go, to let you go, it's the perfect length. It really is to me. Like the London one goes over five days. I understand the the passion for something like that. Two days is enough for me. Like, I feel at the end of the second day, I've got everything I need and I'm wanting a wee drop more, but I don't get that wee drop more, which I think makes me go back every year. Yeah, I think yeah. five days would sicken me, like to the point where I, I don't know how keen I would be to jump back the following year. Um, yeah, I, I think like we also discussed, year. I think we also discussed, I don't know if it's possible to actually see the whole of London Fright Fest because there Very are multiple difficult. venues and so on. Yeah. Whereas this, you go, you see everything. Um, I mean, I know that there were two movies on the Thursday night which none of us went to, although you have yeah. seen one. Um, one of them at the moment, yeah. You know, but for, for the weekend pass, for the for the main show, if you like, you go, you do the two days, you see all of them. I know people, some people dip in and out and go to certain movies, you uh, you know, on individual tickets. But if you want mm-hmm. to do the kind of festival element of it as we did, then yeah, it, it is a it is a good length because you, you do get that in, in, endurance. Oh, I'm never going to manage this type thing, and then you get that weird sense of accomplishment walking out that last film. Like, I fucking did it, you know. Um, I did. I was constantly counting down for you as well. I was like that. There's three movies left, dude. There's three, yeah. and there is that, that. I get that. I get that buzz of I like. I'm close to the end of the festival, and it was a weird one. Like we, we'll get into when we talk about the two days. Now it's probably worth saying for any listeners that they were fully aware that some of these movies are already available in America. They've played like many kind of theatrical runs, or they're in streaming services over there. Um, some will be in the UK momentarily. Uh, others don't have any release window at all. So what we're going to do is we're going to very carefully navigate non-spoilers on these mini-reviews of all 11 movies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, please listen on. Uh, we're not going to... We will we'll give you our thoughts and our views, but we're not going to... Sp- like spoil the detail um and yeah hopefully like specifically about two or three which i'm super passionate about and will get like a good push or should get a good push later on in this year for everyone to check out the the only other thing i wanted to touch on and this kind of feels like this is the arena to do it before we start talking about movie reviews is i joked that you did get the full fright fest experience on day one now I've been to Fright Fest now since 
think my first one might have been 2017, maybe 2018. Um, was the first time I went. Prior to that, I went to the Dead by Dawn Horror Film Festival in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh um, yeah. yeah, so I'd been doing the Edinburgh one for a few years, but doing the Spawn of Dawn, so the condensed five full length movies, 10 shorts. 12 hours sort of experience uh, on that one which is far more intensive and you do come out feeling like your brain's been fucked but mm. so i've been doing it since about 2017 2018 and like the, the <laughs> so i have a good like vibe on what an experience for a full weekend at fright fest is like and I've went through various funny iterations of that, things that have happened when I've been there with Scott and Liam that have kind of made me kind of laugh a little bit or be like, I can't believe this is fucking happened. And you literally had all of those, like basically like about, what, maybe, five, six years of my Fright Fest experiences crammed into one day where there were full-on technical difficulties which rearranged... Yeah. No, first technical difficulties, then technical difficulties that rearranged the schedule of movies. Um, you fell asleep uh, during yeah. one or two movies, not for a huge amount of time. Um, you experienced the, the person sitting beside you snoring, which is our Fright Fest tradition. You kind of yeah. need someone in close proximity. <laughs> but there's one thing that happened, and uh, since you posted it on Twitter... It's kind of it's kind of got a bit of traction. The reason it's got a bit of traction is you were like, I'm taking the tweet machine here. Baz is posting about every single movie, and you got three movies in, and then you didn't tweet after that. There is yeah. a reason for that that you've mentioned on Twitter now, but I feel we kind of have to expand on the story. The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, so... As Duncan <laughs> says there, so I, I just... On the day, I, I took a notion of... Like, harking back to the very early days of, of Baz Old V Horror. Um, so when I used to sit and watch the films, I used to throw out tweets as I was watching it. But then I think as, as I got more involved in, in the whole podcasting thing, I realised it was far too distracting for me to do mm. that through the films. So I kind of moved away and then Twitter, I would throw in things after I'd seen films and stuff like that. But just after the, the first movie which we'll talk about fairly soon, I, I just threw out a kind of random tweet with a hashtag saying what I thought of it in one tweet, nice and succinct. There you go, there's a wee hashtag and you can follow that if you want to do it. I thought, do you know what, I'll just do that after every film. Because you're sitting there for a period of time anyway, you're shooting the shit, do you know what I mean? There's only so much you can talk about the film that you've all just sat and watched. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, two, three, gone, that was fine. And then <laughs> we'd watched. Well, but I think it must have been just after that third tweet. And yep. I was sitting there. I'd stood up in, in our road just to kind of stretch my legs. I hadn't really gone for a walk. Just kind of stood up. Uh, sat back down and my seat didn't go all the way down. And, and I did hear. I heard a little noise. And what I thought had happened was... I thought I had pushed my rucksack, which contained uh, my hard case for my glasses. And I initially mm -hmm. thought I had cracked the hard case for my glasses and was just praying that I hadn't cracked my glasses. But then I pulled the bag out from under the seat and kind of went to 
I didn't. I don't think I sat back down the second time. I think I just moved the seat with my hand, and it was still. And I was like, "Oh my god, no, no, this can't <laughs> possibly have happened." And I pushed my hand down into the kind of crack between the back of the seat and the seat, and there, lo and behold, was my mobile phone. Yeah. And for those that are following on video, there is the state yep. of my mobile phone. That's a crack. That's a puncture wound. There's another one. There's a fairly sizable crack in another one. Yeah, phone was absolutely fucked. Um, and, it, and it was like gone because it, had, it wasn't just that the screen had cracked, the touch screen behind it was damaged. So I couldn't, while I could see like bits of the screen, I wasn't able to like swipe or get any reaction from my screen <laughs> at all. And and of course the weird thing is this 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 happened to Liam and his wife or well it was his girlfriend Lena at the time what about two or three years ago but Aye, this Liam is, thought this our is the seat was weirdest broken. thing ever yeah this is the way like we, we were there I was it might have been the I think it was the first year no it was the second year I went to Fright Fest with them and I was sat in the row in front of them essentially like so where those guys were sitting that were chatting to us yeah that's yeah. where i was sitting right i was uh-huh. sitting beside um one of liam's friends perry was with us mm. and he was sitting beside me and we were sitting there and I, I i remember turning around and chatting to him it was in between a movie and liam like yourself had been standing up and um i think lena had moved away and he come across to speak to us and he went to sit in the chair, and the chair wouldn't like bend in properly. And he grabbed it, and he physically went, ah, like fucking rammed yeah. it like that. And we could just hear this crunching noise. And um, he was like, what like that? And he put his hand in, and it was one of the big iPhones. It's like the yeah. iPhone, one of the Plus models. And it was the most mangled I'd ever seen. I mean, it was like fucking yeah. ruined. It was like practically bent in on itself. It slipped out of her pocket, I would assume, into the back. Now, to put people on the picture, um, the GFT seats are good old-fashioned auditorium seats. Um, mm. They are pretty comfy, mind you, but they are like old-fashioned seats. So they have a proper full-on like spring metal mechanism hinge. in there. Yeah. Yeah, and if anything gets trapped in there and you're pulling it up, you're basically, it's like a vice. It's like a compactor, yeah. you're just crushing whatever's in there. So, like, the ongoing joke has been, for the longest time, that us that go to Fright Fest will, like, either take their phone out, put their phone in their bag, or the wedge up at an angle, so it's, like, almost yeah. vertical in your pocket so it doesn't fall out. And I honestly thought this is the only time this has ever happened. No only did it happen to you, almost happened to Daniel twice after that. Yeah, who was yeah, sitting like, on the, the other side of me. Yeah, and I'm like, don't sit down! Don't, don't fucking move! And, we, and he did, he, he reached in, and it was the exact same place that he managed to fish his out. Um, but yeah, those seats are horrendous for folks. So yeah, yeah so, so that I, was I've that. decided next year we are wearing Fright Fest bum bags. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm wearing mine on a fucking lanyard around the neck. Um, of course, I then have to. I'm then going to you. Oh my God, Duncan, can you message my wife and tell her? Because she would be expecting. She knew I was in cinema yeah. all day, but she would be expecting like an odd wee, you're having a great time type thing, you know? And uh, and this isn't that long after you and I went to the cinema in Falkirk <laughs> one night, and I realised that I had left my phone at home. 
And you had to text and go, like, by the way, Barry's left his fucking phone yeah. in there. It's literally the, cha- the chain of messages between me and your wife are just me apologising for uh, your inability uh, to do stuff with your phone. Yeah, I'm fairly convinced she thinks I'm having an affair and you're just covering for me constantly. <laughs> because like, it's with me. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, oh, Baz, yeah. on the, on the run-up to the to Gordy's like that, he's like, I can't believe people think we're going to watch films for two days when it's all sex, drugs and hookers for two days. That's, uh, and I'm like, I'm, that, that. I'm like, that joke, that joke doesn't, play well when you're then sending that your phone's mysteriously broken yeah well <laughs> the, the blessing was that I'd sent I think the text was something along the lines of can't believe my wife thinks we're going to the cinema um, I've bought such a massive bag of cocaine or something like that you know but I had shown my wife this because you know what I'm like I think I'm hilarious so yeah. I'm like, oh, look, at, yeah. look at what I've just sent to them all you know thank god I did do you know Um. Yeah, so that was that. Uh, so I've only, I only You've got, got a new phone, phone though. Couple, I have a new phone I got a couple of days ago. The, the interesting thing is that the old very stressed Baz, that would have completely ruined my entire weekend because that was midway through yeah. day one. Yes. But I, I, I adopt, very quickly adopted the, well, there's fuck all you can do about it. The phone's broken. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, you guys, if, if anything was to happen at home, my wife's going to get in touch we've with you. We've all got phones, aye. Yeah, yeah, we've all got I mean? phones. So, I just accepted my fate and got the fuck on with it. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> funny seeing you on the second day, though, kind of feeling a little bit lost at times. So you're like, that. I'd be oh. doing something with my phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which saddened me quite a bit, because I don't think I'm one of these guys that's always on my phone. But it, 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 uh, it was like somebody told me I couldn't wank or something. Do you know, I just didn't know what to do with my hand. <laughs> Right, so we are going to give you a rundown of both days. Um, there will be clips of movies where there are clips. There'll be trailers where there are trailers separating these. Not all the movies actually have trailers because distribution. Uh, some of these have not like had any play. A couple of these movies are, well, at least one is a world premiere, i.e. it's never played anywhere except Glasgow Fright Fest. Um, there's a couple that were specific UK premieres, some were international premieres, some have definitely been released in the States, so as we talk about them, I know people that have been on the page that have seen these movies because they have made comment. Um, so yeah, we're going to go through it, we're going to talk about day one first. Uh, to do that though, we're going to take a very short break, and in the interim, you're going to either see a trailer or a clip for the very first movie we saw on the opening full day of Fright Fest, this one is Chad Gets the Axe. Myself and Baz will be back to discuss it in a mini-review right after this. What is up, Spice Squad? The journey to Devil's Manor is finally here. We have got Chad Ryan. Batter up, bitches. We got Spinifer. You can find all the products that we use today up in my bio, so go ahead and click that link. And they're all coming along with me for a little road trip to hell. <laughs> I actually couldn't see. Oh, good. I love that for me. That's awesome. This guy formed a cult, did dark rituals, satanic shit, brought them back to this house, and then butchered them with an axe. We're going so far up Satan's ass, he's going to need an enema to get us out. Let's rack up some views. <laughs> what the hell? 
What part of the Devil's Manor do you all want to see next? Holy shit. Dude, that's a body. Oh. We get the 400,000 views. Spicy Hat goes on the dead body. Dude. That wasn't real, right? Eat shit and die? We need to call the cops. You think this is funny? Who is it? No, what do you mean, come in? This was supposed to be funny and stupid. Yeah, we're out. You, Devil's Manor, zero stars would not recognize. you or if they love you as long as they're watching <laughs> hashtag dead ass and welcome back ladies and gents so you just saw either a clip or a trailer for chad gets the axe or hashtag chad gets the axe this is written and directed by travis bible um, and co-written by kemerton hargrove uh, this movie starred <laughs> There's names, and I'm going to struggle with them all. Geraldine uh, Armstrong, Michael Bonanini, uh, Brandon Boyle. Now, oh, why is your name really difficult? Uh, Tanisha. That seems like a Harry Potter spell. Fugerio, maybe. Uh, Eric Figuero. Gibson. That seems much better than what I said. Uh, Spencer Harrison Levin, Kemet Hargrove, Cameron Vitosh. And there are some other folks in here. Um, synopsis for this one as listed on IMDb is four social media influencers live stream their trip to the Devil's Manor, former home to a satanic cult. So this was your standard Fright Fest opener. Fright Fest tends to open on the first day with something that's either like balls to the wall nonsense gore fest or something that eases the crowd in with a bit of levity and this one weirdly was a kind of a bit of both um it had like some kind of fun over the top kind of nonsense gore but at the same time it also had that this is a horror comedy um I'd, i'll swing in give a couple of points i'll swing over to you and then we'll, we'll we'll bring our thoughts in um i am a tough sell on found footage these days I'm in that. I'm. I'm at that stage now where, like, I was saying it like ten years ago as well, where I was like that. I think we're maybe at the the end of what this genre can do, and every now and again, not every year, but every now and again, there's something that comes out that I'm like, oh, that's an interesting take, or you've done something really cool there, and I'd I'd kind of fallen off the radar with with film footage for a while there, up until Host dropped. What was that 2020? Um, and it kind of like spurred things on. I was like, actually, this is pretty fucking cool. And then we started getting a whole kind of run of movies that were made around the lock time thing, where I yeah. will lock down. Sorry, mm. yeah, where yeah, where specifically filmmakers were using found footage, kind of in a smart way. You know, we don't have big budgets, we don't have massive crews. We're going to take some cameras out and shoot something. And Chad gets the axe falls and. To that category it kind of exists 
in a similar vein, we talked about this at the time, was Deadstream. So it's that idea of internet influencers doing something that ultimately is going to come back on them and the, you know, the chat comment threads that run down the side and all the rest. I think where this one worked really well for me is I think the humour is spot on. I laughed a lot at this movie. I, I really, really did. And at the same time, it wasn't because it was uh, negating any of the horror elements. It followed a very traditional found footage horror sort of setup, sort of execution as well. But all the way through it, I was weirdly rooting for characters that I flip-flopped on pretty much all the way through it. Like, at one minute, they were saying something that just, like, like I, I just wanted to see a painful death befall them because of the social media environment and the lingo that comes with that and then in other bits i was like actually i kind of hope you survive now um really well paced really well acted like i say script was sharp like really sharp to the point that i would have believed that any of the actors involved did like youtube channels or twitch streams or something it was really surprisingly accurate which, once yeah. again, is the Deadstream thing. Deadstream worked for me because it felt authentic that the director, actor of that movie felt, like, really... It was so close to the bone, it was uncomfortable to, like, anyone that does, like, a YouTube channel or is desperately trying to get views and likes up. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a... It was a bit of a cliche end for me, um, but I had built up enough goodwill that by the end of the movie, I I thought I thought they'd really executed something kind of miraculous, considering this didn't really have much of a budget. This is really yeah. a kind of bootstrapped production, and I kind of am willing this one to do well. Like by the end of it, I was like, people kind of need to see hashtag Chad gets the axe because it's really fun and it's entertaining and it now yeah. exists in this subgenre of a subgenre. So it's now the internet stream subgenre comment section found footage horror movie of which we've had a few so i thought it was really really well done there was a q a q a was really cool because you got to hear a little bit more about how they set things up a couple of the actors over i thoroughly enjoyed it but as it was your opening film at fright fest there was no pressure on this one at all to win you over and realize that myself scott and liam had bought you a dud present um <laughs> you know this one was like, there was no pressure at all in the first movie that you, like, if this had been terrible, you wouldn't have turned around and looked at us and been like, what the fuck is this? Um, if anything, it was the other way around. Like, like you, there was no pressure at all. How did you get on with hashtag Chad Gets the Axe? Uh, I, I think for me, it was, it was the kind of the perfect, sorry, the creaking in the background is my wife uh, sneaking into <laughs> her fridge to, to get alcohol at this time of night. How dare you? Like, I, I was about to say, you literally just lifted that. You just poured yourself a Guinness. I'm, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm not going back right. from Ireland, my friend, and I am just mad about the black stuff at the moment. I am having a whale of it. Do you know, I, I'm so obsessed with it at the moment. I was dreaming about it last night, so I had to go and buy myself some. <laughs> it's, cheap, it's cheaper than flying back to Dublin. Hi, <clears throat> <I> love. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think Chad Gets the Axe was the perfect opening film for me. Um, It was brilliantly pitched in terms of levels of humour and horror. Um, It's a genre that I really like. I 
I'm a bit of a found footage whore, but I, I found myself getting drawn to these kind of... I wish somebody would bloody come up with a term for them. I, I'm going to say sort of computer-centric, you know, they're, they're based yeah. either on phones or on laptops and stuff like that. And I've seen quite a few good ones recently. That, uh, was it Missing and... What was the other one? There was a kind of... Missing and follow-up. Searching, yeah. Yeah, Missing and Searching. Um, the one that this reminded me most of was actually Spree, which was on Netflix, I think. The one about the, yes, the rideshare guy. Um, yeah, but he's the, also the he's trying from... to become kind of insta-famous at the same time. He's Stranger Things dude, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. Um, and I think what I like about it is it's the kind of possibilities that it opens up because somebody running about with a camera and never putting the fucking thing down has its limitations. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. the, this idea, because there can be multiple phones on the go at one time, so you can flick between scenes legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I loved about it was the comment section and actually the, the director of the movie who was spoke briefly before it and then more in the Q&A after it, he talked about this. He said, you know, if you don't like the film, have a read at the comments. I think he said there was some that 13,000 comments that him and various members of his team had had oh, to yeah. put together. And I'm not going to mention any of them uh, strictly <laughs> because there, but there are little stories that develop in yeah. these comments because I, I ended up watching them quite a lot and that's not to say I wasn't enjoying the movie, but I just I was very drawn to them. And there was yeah. some great little subplots kind of going on that paid off later on in the, the you know, like towards the end of the movie, like, oh my God, that's that account that was talking, you know, earlier on. It, it, I loved that. I absolutely loved that. Um, yeah, the characters, there is nothing in this world that I hate more than goddamn influencers or just people that want to be kind of insta-famous, to coin yeah, a well, term. And- um yeah, what I loved about you mentioned about the whole like like th- that to me was the off-putting thing about found footage after a while is the like the complete like the, the I, I can dis yeah you know, I can disassociate myself on some level from a narrative that requires like me to try and think of why someone would still be holding a camera right yeah it, it's difficult for me to do I can do it every now and again but every movie got to a point where I'm like that. Why is there still a camera on your shoulder? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Why are you still yeah. doing that? And in the case of this one, and the director touched on it, and a really, and a, a nice succinct way for me, where he was basically saying influencers are so narcissistic that the idea it's the whole raison d'être is yeah, to have the, the camera idea that all, anything, all Yeah, I think he said something about like there was some Twitch service or something. He'd, he'd come across a video online somewhere, and it was someone having like a heart attack or something. Uh huh. Yeah. And the person, the person was filming the heart attack as opposed to mm-hmm. using the device they had in their hand to phone for Call help. For help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and when you put that in the context of these people that are going through this journey are like the creme a la creme of narcissistic personalities who are purely in it to get likes and views. That mm-hmm. at that level, of course, they would never put their phone down because that's. 
Like they're going to capitalize in any way to try and get more people viewing them to monetize yeah. in some way. Yeah. So, like once you put that in there, that is enough for me to go. All right, that's fine, and that's enough. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. There's some great little like uh, alliances for them. So there's there's four, <laughs> there's four kind of influencers if you like, but yeah. two of them are a couple. Yeah, um, and the other the other two are kind of lone male ones. And one, he's a bit of a kind of tragic character, and he has suffered at the hands of Chad, who's your your yes. main one, um, who's just an obnoxious piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but yet you see them, they form little alliances and betray the other. Yeah. There's, all, there's just so many little things going on. Um, and and I, I just found it highly believable in, in terms yeah. of... These people, uh, you know, not necessarily the, the haunted house and all that, which was done really well and it reminded me a little bit of Hell House. That was the kind of vibe I yes. got from the horror element of it. Uh, yeah. Hell House LLC, which is one of my favourite found footage movies. But yeah, I, I thought Chad Gets the Axe was brilliant and it, it was a great movie for me as, as my first. It, it was great fun to watch. It flew by... It, it was a nice, easy watch, but it, it kept me hooked. It kept me awake. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was absolutely delighted by the end of it. And I, I just remember thinking, I'm like, oh my god, I hope to Christ, the rest of this goes along these lines. Do you know what I mean? Because that's a film I would have happily just paid money to go and see. So yeah, it, it didn't keep the, it. the the lone guy that was sitting beside you awake though. Well, how quickly did he fall asleep during that movie? Yeah, well, that was the laugh. So you mentioned earlier on people sleeping. So the, the the kind of role we had there was the five of us, <laughs> and Liam was at the extreme left hand end of that row, and I was one yeah. in from him. And then there was an empty seat that we actually had that somebody ended up, and this fellow was on the other side of that. He was an older guy. Saying that, he's probably about fucking ages with me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and about 30 minutes into Chad Gets the Axe, fucking Liam, who doesn't like to talk during films, he kept kind of looking round at me, and eventually I kind of went, you all right? And he's like... And I looked around, wee guy was sound asleep, like head lolling down into his <laughs> chest and just this snoring, and like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> you're half an hour into this and the, the first movie was early afternoon it wasn't like it was you know first yeah, thing first in the morning off just, just after, after lunch o'clock. yeah yeah you know sort of lunch time and this boy I, I, maybe he had a big fucking breakfast i don't know during a toby carvery before he came in or something you know what i mean <laughs> You bought bowl of soup, nice roast beef dinner, and a fucking jam sponge and custard. Then in the slice test, watch a couple of movies. <laughs> Honestly, fucking, wait, fucking wake the fuck up. Anyway, yeah. All right, Jack uh, gets the axe. Let's talk grades. Um, I scored this one a four out of five. Very much like you said, I thought this was a great opener. I thought that this is to me when you try and sum up what. A festival is like this is a festival movie 
and that it gets the crowd interacting. It's all horror fans. Horror fans in a horror festival will clap, they will cheer, they'll boo, yeah. they'll laugh, and it's all it's, it's a particip- It's almost like a ritual. It's a participation ritual, and um, this one kicked things up. The energy level was high at the end of this one, and I yeah. genuinely laughed and was like in from start to finish so much so we actually sat and watched the full Q&A which I don't always do with the movies mm. but I just wanted to hear more about it so I gave it a 4 out of 5 Bass what about yourself? Uh, the same a uh, very ah, very thanks. solid 4 out of 5 um, I, I loved it I thought, I thought it was a great movie um, actually to the point I was laughing so much during it I began to wonder because as you say, it's that festival crowd, and you, you get quite a lot of forced laughs yeah. during some of these things, you know. Um, folk are laughing because they think they have to or they want to show the director how much they're enjoying his film. And I'm like that. I really hope this isn't happening because I, I think this is really fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> hope I'm not the only one that was laughing because I, I was I was proper belly laughing at points uh, in it. Um, and there's lots of... Snigger, we sniggers here, there, and everywhere. And the, the odd bit was, I would maybe catch something in the comments that I thought was hilarious and start to laugh. And then I noticed other people were doing it, and then you go, "What are they laughing at?" Yeah, but they're it's clearly they just caught something. Get- <laughs> yeah, but um, no, a brilliant, a brilliant movie, uh, one that I would highly recommend you watch, and just a great deal of fun. It, it, it's it's nothing deep, but you'll have a fucking great time watching it. Whenever it yeah. comes so this out, is one, wherever it comes out. Yeah, well, this is one that doesn't have distribution yet, so it's still doing the festival run. We will keep an eye on this one, so I'm following them on the socials now, so as soon as there's information... This is, to me, this is perfect Shudder material. You know, this should be on Shudder. Yeah. People are going to have a ball with this, so... I, I, I can be honest, I could, see, I could see that going down well on Netflix. Definitely. Like, a, a, like, you know, a streaming service would would gobble this up because it's an easy watch it's not a hard yeah. sell and people will be entertained yeah and I, I could see a wee vibe going round about it as well um i know uh fall which i saw <laughs> yeah. a while back at the cinema but it's they're now talking about a sequel because the, the hit it's been on netflix i don't think it went purely off netflix. The cinema, but it's yeah you it, know yeah and i, I could purely see this netflix. film getting that kind of hype yeah, Netflix has done that thing. It's done it with a lot. Like we, we forget about this, but the the Netflix rub is a real thing. Black Mirror yeah. had what what maybe three seasons, I think, potentially on Channel Four, and kind of died a death. There'd been a gap there. It went on a Netflix. It was so popular on Netflix. Netflix were like, well, right, we'll just take this on now, and they financed like seasons of that since. Yeah. Like the Netflix rub movie. is a real thing. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It is a real thing. If something hits there, they will invest in it. So, yeah, expect a fall too. Yeah. Which, I mean, hopefully we'll come up with a better name. Um, but somewhere else. You're really fucking future. stupid to climb up that fucking aerial again. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so um, the next movie should have been Arati. Um, yes. Arati is a uh, Basque language um, kind of fantasy epic and is directed by the guy that did Elementari, which I fucking loved. I saw at Fright Fest a few years ago. However, in <laughs> um, the setup to this, the next movie we'll be discussing is not Arati, it's instead Pensive. Um, the reason behind that is 
they hit technical difficulties real fucking early in this festival, yeah. um, which was eventually described as the movie was playing, but the subtitles were all blanked out and it didn't make any sense. And this happened and happened and they played like whole sections and we must have watched the first five minutes like six times or something. And eventually what happened was we got a, a reasoning behind it and it was that the subtitle font, now bear with me here, the font used for the digital copy of the subtitles was um, one that was very, it's basically a proprietary subtitle. So what they were having to do was re-encode subtitles in a more generic font and resupply it. And as a result of that, the delays that happened there basically pushed things around a little bit and Arati would go on at the end being replaced purely because it matched the length of time we had to watch the movie mm-hmm. um, by Pensive. Now, Pensive was uh, the first... Is this the first... I get the country wrong every single day. Lithuanian. Thank you. First Lithuanian slasher movie ever made. You are going to see a clip of this. I believe this is imminent for release in America, by the way. So you guys are getting it before the rest of the world, pretty much. Um, but yeah, this is uh, Pensive either clip or trailer myself and Baz back to discuss it right after this. Dažnai Mariukai mes vat su mama pagalvojom apie tave, nu apie tavo ateitį. Esi ką nors girdėjęs apie rizikus draudimą. Čia suprantai, toksai amežinės verslas yra, žinai. Tokiais laikais gyvenam, pas mažoriniai, žinai, visur. Rizikos visur veikia draudimą, žinai. Mūsų mokyklos laidai linkiu vienu. Būkite medžiotojai, o ne aukos. Mario, kino čia sodyba? Nežinau. Viskas. Baigės šitas etapas. Tu gali patikėti. Gebra, o čia tikrai niekas negyvena, nes privaryta tie, kad vos prolenta stelpa. reikia paversti ne laimę, laimę. Čia viskas paprastas, suprantė. Kas tarp mūsų bus toliau? Nes aš, aš manau, kad, kad kažkas mesgas. And welcome back. So that was a short clip or a trailer for Pensive. This one is directed by Jonas Trukaninus. Maybe. This is um, going to be hilarious. This is going to be difficult. Uh, it stars Suranis Rapolas Meliziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziziz
<laughs> um, and some other folks are in this movie as well. There's fucking um, hundreds of people in this film as well. Yeah, I am. Yeah, there was loads. Of, we are not doing these. We're not unless their names are Stephen Bob. We're not doing it. Um, the script was written by, and I don't even know why I did this. Uh, Titus Lacutus and Jonas Trakunanis. Um, and the synopsis, which is in English, thank fuck, um, is after classmates destroy life-size wooden folk arc statues during a wild high school graduation party at a remote cottage, a mysterious killer starts picking them off one by one. So this should have closed out the first night. The closing movie on the first yeah. night tends to be... Either a hit or miss at Fright Fest. It tends to be high energy, but it, I've seen some movies in the past where it's been kind of shit. Um, so I was curious about this one because one is being dubbed as the first slasher movie from Lithuania, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. I don't know if that's well, a that's selling exactly, point. Exactly. Do you know? I mean that that's. Who cares if it's the first one? Is it any good or not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, 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 like what I'd much rather they said was, like, highest grossing horror movie from, you know, oh. something along those lines. So I was, I, I didn't know how I was going to fare with this one. I knew very little about it, except it was a slasher movie. It was from Lithuania, and I knew the premise was it was to do with the destruction of some folk art and you know the repercussions there within obviously the movie gives you a bit more detail on this one we'll kick over to you to have first run at this one baz so this was technically the second movie that you saw but should have been the closing movie on the first day and we will talk about when we get to arati how we feel that experience of switching those movies maybe colored that first day of you yeah. how did you get on with pensive in terms of the actual film, um, I I quite enjoyed it. It's not anything that we've not seen before yeah. a number of times. Do you know what I mean? Um, the again, without spoiling anything, it kind of centres around a like a high school graduation, yeah. um, and the the party that follows on from that. That's the kind of the setup for it. Um, and you've got the kind of you've got the usual kind of range of, of different characters. You've got the <laughs> the kind of the jock, um, and interestingly, I am aware that the the jock character is going on a scholarship to, or he's got an NBA trial for basketball That's in right. the states, Lithuania, um, and I can't remember how I know this, but basketball is like their big sport. In Lithuania. How the fuck do you know um, that though? Like, how did it, that come up? Was, Wherever did that come up? It was something to do. It, it was to do with football, and it was either like a manager or a player came came over here, and he was. I'm sure there was an interview, and he said, "Yeah, well, actually, in Lithuania, the big sports basketball, you know, soccer or football is kind of secondary." Um, All right. So, I, I, I was aware of that, and I thought, "Well, right, well." I, kind of clocked that so yeah you've got him you've got the kind of popular girl you've got the the, the wee quiet guy that's kind of going to save the day he wants to be popular and all you just got all the usual classic tropes um yeah. the, the the kind of idea behind the killer it, it was okay um yeah. it, it was relatively unique 
Um, and then it focuses on, on these kind of wooden statue things. Um, I, I don't want to go into that too much because it's going yeah, to be yeah, a yeah, of it kind of thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But um, some of the things they, they did with the statues, I found a bit fucking mental. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, all, it, it's, it's, just, it, it's just your vehicle, really, isn't it, for that? Um, yeah, it, it was fairly generic, but I kept thinking, do you know what, this film's fucking Lithuanian. It, 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 it's all yep. right. I thought the acting was pretty decent in it, I've got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I think my biggest problem was was the the path that the main character takes. Um, yeah, maybe goes in an unexpected direction later mm. on from about midway in the movie, and I didn't like it, like the direction <laughs> his character went in, kind of thing, which kind of maybe subconsciously kind of made me react a little bit. But yeah. Uh, We'll talk about it later on. This film would have been yeah. much better playing at the end of the day. Um, yeah, we'll, we can talk later on about all the everything that had gone on. Um, but yeah, as you say, it, it kind of shoehorned in, and I remember you were slightly concerned because you're kind of going, "Oh, some of these ones that they should play at the end are fucking oh, terrible movies." Do you know what I mean? And it could have kind of derailed the day a bit because folk were already getting a bit twitchy because we'd been fucked yeah. about for a period of time. Not a fucked whole, about a that's whole, unfair, yeah, do you know what I mean? A but whole we've group been... of people got up and walked out. Yeah, yeah. Um and this didn't. It managed to keep things on track, which I think was all we could have really asked for at that point in time in terms of the day. Um yeah, yeah I, I I don't see me rushing out to buy the Blu-ray of this film or anything like that, or I probably wouldn't even really give it a second watch if it pops up on one of our streaming channels. But if you've not seen it, I'd be saying, you know, I would say to somebody, yeah, check it out. It's a, it's a teen slasher movie. Do you know what I mean? It's maybe not as glossy yeah. as your, you know, your usual American kind of fare. Um but it's not, it's not grey Soviet drudgery either, just because it's Lithuanian, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, they're not all just wearing these grey cloaks and like they're huddled round a fucking cauldron of thin soup. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was okay. It was, it was a decent enough film. I don't, I don't really think there's much more to say about it, to be honest. How about um, you? What did it, you think of? Yeah, I liked it more than you. I am. Um, I didn't have the same issues with the the kind of the protagonist's journey as you did. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, to me, it, it it was one of those things that was it was the more unique quality of the movie. I've seen it done in other movies. Like I want to stress uh-huh. that I've seen the particular turns that they use on that used in other movies where I've been like, oh, right, that's quite smart. Um, I'd like I. Not exactly the same turn, but if anyone's seen uh, the Thora Birch, Kira Knightley early two thousands horror movie, The Hole, um, there's a bit of that in there. It, it actually at times reminded me quite a bit of that movie. You never seen that movie? God. I don't think I have, but I really want to check it out because that was you were right. just ticking every fucking box, and then you called it the hole, and I thought, right, I'm yeah. in. Well, I am right, fully I'm gonna, in on board. But like, before you say anything else that might incriminate us, the only thing I will say is Keira Knightley 
is, I believe she was 15 when she shot the movie. Whoa, backpedal, Baz! Backpedal! She she gets her tits out, which is, like, one of those things that's seen as, like, and rightly so, overtly controversial, even though she was at that point. God damn, now I'm in a quandary. Just, just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not even a guilty pleasure. I think the whole is a, a woefully underseen movie. I really, really like it. Um, but it reminded me a lot of that movie, and that uh, is a okay. group of it's a group of teenagers going somewhere they probably shouldn't for a party weekend away, and the repercussions there within that come out. Um, in the case of this one, very much like yourself, I loved the acting. I thought the characters all felt. Like actually, really authentic, and at the same time, yeah. they all felt like, for the most part, kind of like late teens, early twenties kids. You know what I mean? Like, there was no one that I was watching going like, oh, "You're clearly a thirty-year-old playing an eighteen-year-old," yeah. um, yeah. which is you know it's pernicious when you watch kind of like like more kind of Hollywood produced um, kind of slash affair. Yeah, it is generic in a lot of ways shape and form and it actually does take a bit of time to get to there was a bit where Scott turned around to me and was like that um, I'm just assuming there's a bloodbath coming here I, I, at first I didn't know what it meant but I realised we'd watched about 40 minutes of the movie and, and nothing no had really yeah. yeah no kills and there's a lot of characters there's a lot of teenagers um, yeah. and I won't go into too much details but Scott may have babe Ruth that because uh, within yeah, two yeah, minutes, totally. shit was kicking off. Um, yeah. I enjoyed the killer for the most part. Um, my only concern with it was, I kind of felt like the resolution of the killer himself and what the the outcome of that was felt very quick, like very very quick. And I almost Friday the Thirteenth Part Two sort of way, and that that the the resolution of that feels very quick. And I see similar resolution to the point where I was like, oh, right, you clearly were influenced by that movie. But kills were great. A lot of practical effects. Um, the setting was awesome. The reason for being at a cabin in the woods was actually a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, overall, uh-huh. made sense. Um, and there was enough humour dotted throughout certain characters, particularly one that was out his face in drugs uh, pretty much all the way through it was a great kind of like a, a, like yeah. a, a good like foundation for humour we kept coming back to that and I added to it and as the first slasher movie from Lithuania goes they're they're doing a lot better than a lot of slasher movies that are being released <laughs> from like more western countries right now so I'll give them credit for that it's, it's biggest crime is that it did feel like variations on a theme of things I've seen done like for the last thirty to forty years now, so yeah. you know what I mean. I'd like I've seen I've I've been with the slasher genre since it started, so I've seen pretty much every variation, and this was kind of a lot of the highlights with slight twists on them. Um, mm-hmm. Where are you coming in for a grade for this one? Like I say, in the states, this one has already been advertised, so I can't imagine it's that far away. I don't know if it's getting a cinema runner if it's going straight to streaming but I don't think you'll have long to wait to see Pensive. Uh, Baz um, what are you giving this one at 5? Uh, I'm giving Pensive a 3 um, I liked it um, yeah it wasn't my favourite of the, the weekend by any means but I liked the film, had a good time watching it, um, yeah nice solid 3. Yourself? This truck's this tracks totally. Um, I enjoyed the, the the twists and turns a little bit better. I gave it a three and a half. Um, 
So just above that three, that half a point, because I did like the protagonist's journey. Um, there was like certain things that did where I was like, that actually, like, that's, you don't see it a lot. Um, and to me, it stuck the very, very end. I really enjoyed the, the, like, the mm. last, like, the last scene to me worked really, really well for it. Um, so yeah, that was Pensive. From Pensive, we were turning our attention to another foreign language movie, where this time we were going to Austria, and we were going to be uh, checking out a little movie called Mother Superior, Dweller of the Threshold. Um, this one was billed as being a kind of folk horror, religious horror-inspired Nazi story question mark um we will find out how all that actually ties in and what we thought of this surprisingly short movie this one wasn't even an hour and 20 um and we'll be doing that right after either a trailer or a clip coming up right now Mutter aller Dinge zeigen wir dein dunkles weises Gesicht und hülle mein sakrales Selbst in den Taumel des Unendlichen Ich habe mich schon oft wo neu einfügen müssen, von kleiner auf. Die Baronin erwartet sie. Aber die Villa Rosenkreuz war schon speziell. Seko, das hört man selten. Die Anführerin der Walküren. Ich habe ein geheimes Archiv gefunden. Ein Lebensbahnarchiv? Machst du wie zu Wut in mir? Ich pflege die Leiterin vom Wienerwald. Ich weiß nicht, wie viel Ihnen das Projekt Lebensborn was sagt. Es war so, dass die SS damals Entbindungsheime für ledige Mütter eingerichtet hat. Das Wienerwald war in Feichtenbach bei Pernitz. Dort bin ich geboren. Vermutlich hat sie ja deine Akte noch bei sich, oder? Bald wissen wir, was für Erbgut in ihren Adern fließt. Gib jetzt nicht auf. Welcome back. So, Mother Superior, Baz. Mother Superior. Indeed. Um, yeah, this one written and directed by Marie Alice Wolvenzan. Or Wolvesan. Wolvesan? Something like that. Um, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. <laughs> Marie Alice Wolfenstein. Um, who was there? She, she did attend the... She did attend, didn't she? 
She was there. Yeah. She was the one with the weird kind of. She looked like an artistic geography teacher. You know, like very kind of. She was dressed like oh, a geography no, teacher, but had the hair. No, she was she not the costume designer. Ah, that would make a lot of sense. She was very, yeah. she was very like the costume was on fucking point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no director here for this one. RTAF. Um, this one stars a lot of German uh, or Austrian people. Isabella Handler, Inga Mo, Jochen, Jochen Nickel, uh, Tim, where, stop laughing at me, uh, Patricia Alutsky, Florian Trobinger, uh, Thomas Goffer. Um, and some other folks. Let's let's get away from why am I doing this to myself? Um, let me set the scene for you. The synopsis is 1975. Rosencrude's Manor. A nurse and her eccentric patient are bound together by a shared longing. The old lady's memory contains the secret to Sigrun's past. The young woman's life force holds a key to the future for the Baroness. Um, I'll kick us off on this one. Um, I had high hopes in this one because, uh, like that, well, that synopsis sounds fucking bitching, right? And mm-hmm. I will say that Mother Superior does a whole hell of a lot right, but does one thing criminally wrong for me. Um, the whole lot of thing that it does right is it's beautifully shot. The time period and setting yes. is great. The acting is phenomenal. The script is great. My issue is not a lot happens. Um, This is a movie that is relatively short. I mean, it's 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 an hour and ten minutes long. By the time you take the credits off either side, it's about an hour and five. And it kind of felt like some ideas were kind of flung out there. And we found it that we didn't have the extra 15 minutes that we thought when we were filming it. So we're just going to finish it. Um, And even the last, like the last shot, the ending of the movie kind of annoyed me. And as a result, I kind of sat like a bit bummed out by this one, if I'm honest. Like it has so much going for it. The time period and the setting and the, the actual like attention to detail about specific uh, rights and secret societies and stuff surrounding Nazi Germany is really fucking interesting. And I've never yeah. really seen it done this way in a movie to this extent where I was just... Not, a, not in a movie. Should... I'm more familiar with it in a documentary type sense. They usually do it as the most cliched version in horror movies. It's like Hitler wanted to create an extreme band of Nazi zombies and you watch a movie like Dead Snow. It's usually done that way, but in this one, it followed specific things. Well, obviously, you can touch on a few of the details without giving away any of your secret knowledge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, you realize, uh, that you picked out that you were like, actually, they had all this imagery in there and it looked like it was used right. So they had all that going for it. The like I say, the performance is fucking strong. Script really interesting, but it kind of built, 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 built for fifty minutes, and then the last twenty minutes it was like, eh. Um, and then it felt the ending to me annoyed me because it's an ending that I think few movies have ever been able to pull off in a way which makes me satisfied. It's a yeah. very lazy ending, if I'm honest. Um, and it wasn't really well explained in the movie. 
which was surprising because they explained a lot of everything else very well in the movie. So I was kind of left a bit, if I'm if I'm honest, a bit deflated. There's a lot mm-hmm. to like about the way this movie is executed, shot, and acted, but when it comes to the actual story, it wasn't fleshed out enough for me. And as a result of that, I think this movie is one of the few occasions where I'm like that, shove an extra 15, 20 minutes on on this movie and just make sure we understand what it is we're working to so when it does happen, it feels satisfying as opposed to feeling rushed. What about yourself, Baz? I have a very similar feeling towards the film, to be quite honest. Um, There was a lot about this film appealed to me. I've always quite enjoyed and been affected by kind of religious horror and, and it kind of felt like that was where it was going although it doesn't really play out that way to be quite honest yeah yeah um i've always had an interest in the, the kind of nazi period and, and nazi germany and so on and from the right from the start of the film um when you see it arriving at this rosenkreutz manor I immediately picked up on that name because that name has a kind of Masonic symbolism. It ties into Rosicrucianism. Um, yeah. And, and I, I almost became kind of hyper aware of it and that there's quite a lot of Masonic symbolism plastered mm-hmm. through this film, which, which kind of kept me hooked. And then it's tying back into the, the Nazi... Um, I, I really don't want to kind of ruin anything for anybody certain projects if you like (laughs) that the nazi regime had rolled out um in their early more successful days you know but sort of before (laughs) they entered the war and and the 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 eventual downfall of the third reich and yeah it, it 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 builds and builds I will say that this was the first film that I started to struggle through in terms of I was quite kind of tired and I, I do think I zoned out or nodded off a, a small part during this. But as you say, the, the film lays all this groundwork mm. and then, you know, the, the, the kind of finale is about fucking five minutes long or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can understand. I didn't particularly like the ending. I I I kinda I get where you I, I don't know if I've seen too many films with that style of ending, mm. but it would be hard to land this particular ending, I think, well. And yeah. the fact that you have kinda condensed it down and not really referenced back to a whole lot of the kind of interesting subplots that yeah you've built up in the, the first hour or so of this film, there was very little payoff at the end. And yeah, I, I kind of felt a bit... I began to wonder if I had missed a lot more than I thought I had. But no. then having discussed it with you guys following the film, I was like, no, I, I remember that. And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I got that. I, I was like, no, I actually did see the vast majority of this film. <laughs> um yeah, it's really quite good. I think you, you nailed on the head when you said it. it's like they kind of ran out of money or, you know, desire <laughs> towards the end. Larry, just fucking wrap this thing up, man. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm fully on board, uh, you know, the, the kind of artwork behind it all in terms of the set design, the costumes, absolutely spot on. Uh, the acting was great. Um 
And yeah, I, I, I think it's like they had scratched the surface of this really interesting kind of topic. They were yep. weaving in a lot of the things that will kind of grab me and then just kind of, I don't know, shot their load on the top of the thigh <laughs> just before they hit the fucking promised <laughs> land. Do you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed. Um, and like I say, loved movie one, quite yeah. enjoyed movie two. You know, it, it kept things ticking along a bit. And I, I felt this kind of, it derailed us a little bit um, yeah. in the middle of the day. Um, and obviously knowing what we're heading into, I think it was a weird kind of fucking one to run before that, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, yeah I um, we'll get we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Um, we'll get to it. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm grade... struggling to argue with any of the kind of points that you've raised on it. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't I'm, I'm dislike it by any stretch there. of the imagination. It's just I'm in my grade all effect is I can't say I really like this movie either. So as a result, I gave it a two point five. Um, somewhere in the middle, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot you can draw from this movie, which I think is. It's kind of cool, and like, I, I, it doesn't surprise me now that we're thinking about it, that someone that was involved with the actual design of the movie was there representing the movie at the festival because the design is top fucking notch. Yeah, you, you could really, not really, criticize really that girl for anything at all because yep. she'd done a fucking bang up job uh, yep. in her was, elements. On that it. level, it was in, it was incredible. The story is the the, the issue here. It's, the, it's and it's not the story overall. It's the story in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, it's just, it's just like the kind of way they executed it, yeah. Uh, like yeah. they ran out of fucking ideas or something. What about yourself? What are you grading this one? The bang on the same, I'd, I'd give it a two and a half. I'm loath to say that I didn't like this film, like, yeah. you know, to hit it with a two. I think it's not doing it justice. Yeah. I, I just think it's so much more potential. That, you know, it could have been a easily been a three or a 3.5, I think, this film. Mm-hmm. And, and it, they, they just dropped the fucking ball. For yeah, some reason, be, be, and I, I can't put I my finger on what what happened. You know, I, yeah, clearly something it's, did. So I'm at two two point five as well. It'll be interesting to see, like, is it like if that director was attached to another project, I would totally watch it because there's enough goodwill on this project yes. from the viewing that I think there's an interesting voice and there's an interesting director there. It's just this one wasn't the the, the vehicle that I quite wanted. Um, yeah. It takes a lot for me to say I hate a movie, Baz, but the next one really, really, really tried my patience. Uh, we are gonna we are gonna swing into arguably the review. I think everyone wants to hear. You are about to be wholly fucking shocked <laughs> when we get to. Um, this was like they said in the setup for this one. This is one of the most anticipated movies that has ever played at Fright Fest, and that the tickets for it. The single tickets, single day tickets, sold out in minutes, um, which is fucking nuts because there have been some big name movies that have played Fright Fest. Mm. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about a movie which is now currently being dubbed as one of the worst reviewed movies on Rotten Tomatoes. It currently sits with a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, which very few movies can... can, um, can attest uh we are going to be discussing winnie the pooh blood and honey which will be available in the uk 
via, I believe, cinemas. Fucking hell. Um, next I think month. The, the, Blu- the Blu-ray is coming out next month. Oh, fuck this. Right, and um, yeah. it's, it's Played America. This is one of the blue, Blood and Honey. There is a trailer for it. Like, suffer through it. And myself and Baz will be back to discuss this one right after this. You know, you're the first person I ever shown this place to. And why am I so special? Because soon we'll be Christopher and Mary Robin. You should be close now. We're not going to find them. We will. Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore. We were friends for many years, and they're out there. Christopher, we need to leave. Now. I really need to find out what's happened here, okay? Did you see how to pull? We need to go. There's the <gasps> There's someone else outside. What was that? Why are you doing this, please? I would have never left, I swear, I swear. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, directed by Rice Freak Waterfield, um, who is also behind the script, as well as the, the original author of the, the books, E.E. Uh, e. Milne. Uh, this movie stars uh, Nikolai Leon, uh, Maria Taylor, Craig David Chris Cordell, uh, Natasha Rose Mills, Amber Dogthorne, Daniela Rowland, Natasha Tassini, and there's a lot of other people here. We ain't spending any huge amount of time here. It's worth saying that Craig, Craig David, which whenever I hear it, I think, Craig David. Um, Craig David Dossett and Chris Cordell play Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, synopsis for this one. Uh, after, Christopher, after Christopher Robin abandons them for college, Pooh and Piglet embark on a bloody rampage as they search for a new source of food. Um, I've, as you can see, lined this up perfectly. That is your turn to run on first part of the review on this one. Uh, I did that in such a way because if I get, like, if you've ever heard the, the, the Pantera song, Five Minutes Alone, if I ever got five minutes alone with the director of this movie, things would not turn out well for either one of us. Um... He was there. All his casting crew, well, the big names, the big names in the casting crew were also there. And uh, they informed us just before we get to you, they informed was us the that. Was the director there? 
director. I thought it was, was like the the director of photography or something like that. No, was it the actual the, director? No, was it was. Or? Sorry, you're right. It was because the director wasn't there. Where's the director, Baz? Can you remember? Uh, no. Shooting the sequel. <laughs> That's why he's not there. The are and the, 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 the you're right. At what you're right. The director wasn't the there director because he's currently... And there was, but there was a few cast members, including Pooh. Yeah, yeah, who looked like an investment banker, which we'll get to that as well. Anyway, yeah, Tiny he's away head. shooting the sequel. Um, he's making a sequel to uh, Blood and Honey, um, as well as optioning things for a Peter, the, uh, Peter Pan horror movie, a Bambi horror movie as well. Um... Which all of this just upsets me. Anyway, uh, Baz, uh, the floor is yours, and a and a and a way that will only baffle me and potentially the internet. Please explain how you got on, and explain is the key word here. How you got on with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? <laughs> oh, this is when everything just went to shit. Um, so. To kind of paint a bit of a picture in terms of our viewing of it, so there had been um, <laughs> your been phone's fucked at this point. Yeah, my phone's <laughs> fucked at this point. Um, <laughs> the been obviously all the confusion early on in the day in terms yeah. of uh, Ratty getting uh, pushed back to later on in the day, having to pull another film down. So people had left, as you as you said, because they tried to show the goddamn film about three times at Cape Mill. And then Mother Superior in the middle of the day, I could understand why there would have been kind of less, um, you know, single movie tickets sold for that one. It's yep. not a very sexy kind of film, do you know what I mean? So the, the numbers in the theatre had dwindled a fair bit until Pooh came on, and then it was fucking rammed <laughs> absolutely rammed completely sold out there was one girl turned up dressed as a kind of piglet although she's she the one that, that was laughing thing. she was the th- she was the one that was laughing was she the one that was just having a whale of a time I yeah mean, god love her um she she done that whole thing where it was a kind of sexy piglet do you know what i mean a bit like that those porn when you see like velma or scooby-doo and she's banging yep. hot um yep. <laughs> You know, and, and then she's doing, she's getting her photographs taken with everybody and all that kind of thing. Fair play, you're not yourself out in. Um, but yeah, it, it was absolutely stout, this movie. Um, it is exactly what you think it is, it is going to be. Um, the, the kind of premise to it, like which Duncan's described already there, this this idea that Christopher Robin goes off to college and he was the primary food source for Pooh and Piglet and their friends in the woods. And because that's dried up, they then have to find other sources. They won't ruin the name for anybody. It turns out that they turn on Eeyore and fucking eat him. All of this is done in kind of animation, and, and it's done... And it's in the opening similar. three minutes. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's only opening three minutes. I mean, it's literally just laying the, the same. But also the animation's kind of done in that style that you would have had in the A.A. Milne books, you know, the kind of pen and ink yeah. drawings and all that. That's fine. Um, and it's then it's just this demented fucking journey. Um, 
Christopher Robin comes back as an adult. Things happen. Um, it's... I, I can't really go into it much more without kind of ruining the film, and I'm sure a, a disgusting amount of people are going to see this. Because I think it's one of those films, as a horror fan, you can't not watch it. You know, it's, you're either going to go and see the cinema or you'll wait till it comes out on, on one of the streaming services, but I would doubt there are many horror fans out there who won't watch this at some point in the next 12 months. Mm. Uh, just because it's a fucking Winnie the Pooh horror film. And I think that's what I had in my head all along now. We, you and Scott in particular, disagreed with me vehemently on this. I oh, yeah. enjoyed this film. I didn't think this was a good film by any means. I did not hate it to the levels that certain people hated it. And I think the, the nearest I got was Liam kind of sided with me later on by saying that it wasn't as bad as he thought it was going to be. Liam and I think... had, uh, I don't know how many edibles by that point, though. Um, so I don't know if he's a trustworthy source. Uh, well, I did a couple as well, in fairness, do you know what I mean? Which, which, which is... Having is, a good which time. Is, which is, which, like, and if memory serves, you did them right before watching this movie, which makes me wonder <laughs> if... Like track it back, track it back, That's... which makes me wonder if you sat and watched this movie without the effects um, of of uh, weed gummies, would Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey be a movie that you thought wasn't great but tolerated, as opposed to me and Scott, who were fucking straight as a judge here? I um, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that, Duncan. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I think the the kind of the overriding thing was that I thought like the the practical effects in it were kind of good. The the visuals of Pooh and Piglet were all right. Um, it, it played out better than I thought it was going to. It it didn't come across, and, and we're going to talk about this in the next, a couple of films time. <laughs> I didn't think it but was the, as the, op- cheap and... the opposite. The opposite we are in the next movie. Yeah. The next time we speak about this, the it wasn't as cheap and tawdry as I thought it was going to be. It's not a good film. It's a film where fucking Winnie the Pooh and Piglet have gone feral. Do you know what I mean? And they're killing people. But it, it's a dumb as fuck slasher film. They've <clears throat> they've done that thing that happens in a lot of slasher films. They they've got a little selling point and they've yeah. built a whole film around that right <clears throat> so their selling point is that they've got these thoroughly wholesome characters from children's literature and they're turning them into slasher villains stroke mm. serial killers however you want to describe them that's all this film is i mean it, it's nothing more than that so it's a film you have seen a hundred times before you've just never seen it with winnie the pooh in it um, yeah. and on that level they delivered they delivered a, a slasher film with Winnie the Pooh and Piglet as the you know as the monsters in it essentially 
It's not. It's as good as you, as a Winnie the Pooh slasher film can be. It's never going to be a great film. You're never going like you did. You in particular didn't expect a great deal from Chad uh, gets the axe. I wasn't no. particularly hyped, but I watched the trailer and thought, mm, you know what I mean. Um, but we were both pleasantly surprised by how much we enjoyed that film and what a good time we had, kind of thing. That's never going to happen with Blood and Honey you, you know, to anybody. Do you know what I mean? Unless your edibles is a fucking four kilo bag of mushrooms. Um, you know, See, I, like, uh, so that's what I I, I I didn't like the film. I didn't. I, I just didn't loathe it to the levels that you guys did. And I think. <clears throat> To give the only credit I can give it is like if you're going to make a slasher film about Winnie the Pooh, I think you would struggle to do it better than those guys did, because it's a slasher film about fucking Winnie the Pooh. This have I won? Have I won you round? Have I won you? Have I argued round? absolutely fucking sucks like absolutely fucking sucks and i don't know what movie you saw the effects in this are awful like absolutely awful and they're mostly cgi'd which like annoyed me even more we spoke about this i don't mind trashy movies right i don't mind trashy movies that have pretty bad acting um like paper thin story plots but what i if you're doing that, what I expect you to get right is the thing that gets people in the door is the trashy, gory element, which is just not really well done here. I fucking hated the design of this movie. I thought it, I thought it just looked cheap. Like, everything just looked really cheap. Um, I thought the acting was fucking horrendous. Like, like to the point where... It, the thing about it is, and we'll talk about it more when we talk about the first movie and the second day, I laughed in the first 15 minutes of this movie, maybe 20, and then the laughing stopped when I realised I still have an hour of this to get through. Mm. And at that point, it was no longer funny for me, like, at all. I'd Like, that laughter drained off. And then what I was left with was just this cold... Just, like, the, the, the guys that represented this movie at the start, before we even watched it, said, listen... <laughs> This isn't this isn't a good movie, and if you don't like it, you know, shout at it and all the rest. Don't do that when introducing your movie. Like, just introduce it as a. Don't sit there and and say, "Listen, there's a lot of people that don't like this movie. You might be one of them." Just let your hate out when, because I'm instantly going with that. Like, if you know that what you've made is shit, like, why should I feel like any interest in this at all? And I just felt like the movie continued to get worse the longer it went on and even like the the story in principle the story is fucking great i love the idea of uh you know like we've been left our own devices kind of cabin fever cannibal <coughs> it's, like, it's almost like wrong turn you know what i mean like yeah you're setting up this, and that to me i'm like that how can you how like how can you fuck up that formula that's a relatively simple formula to get right and I realised the way you fuck it up is by not doing wrong turn. It's by doing like wrong turn six, um, which is kind of about the same level as this movie, which is another right. movie I fucking hated. 
Just on that though, right? So yep. to take your recipe analogy. Yeah. It's hard to fuck up, right? So it's hard to fuck up. Yeah. A, a lamb curry, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if your principal ingredient is bubble gum, it's going to be yep. a shit lamb curry. Do you know? What I'm, so it, it, they. They didn't fuck it up because the principal ingredient is Winnie the goddamn poo. Do you know but what I mean? Yeah, but I don't like... Like, you can put a killer in any mask at all and make it scary. We've seen that before. Like, Michael Myers is a William Shatner mask painted white, and he's fucking terrifying. So that's, like, to me, the, the concept of a hybrid, like, bear, man, animal going around killing people is not the bit that's difficult to get right. In fact, if anything, the killers themselves are not the hard part in this movie. The hard part in this movie is everything else this movie tries to do, which it makes feel like it's amateur hour. Like, every, every detail in this movie is just really badly done. The bit that they, the, the only bit they got right was the animated drawn at the start. Which was the best bit of the movie, and had the movie just been that? Well, what I said was at the time, this is a 15-minute short, which would really work. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, like, like to me, there's a 15-minute yeah, story in here, which works, and it's surrounded by an hour and five minutes of things that don't. Um, and the longer it goes on, the more I the more I realised that the Emperor isn't wearing any clothes. Like, the longer this movie went on, the more it was purely... And I am a guy who doesn't mind gimmick movies. I grew up watching 70s exploitation movies, which were all sold on the poster. Um, The 80s are primarily like, here's a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, here's a shit Um, film about it. Yeah, but like, this to me... The thing that frustrated me more is is there is a gem of an idea in here which could have worked if it had been given anything other than the clear lack of respect or interest. This director has purely said, I need to get this out in the quickest way, shape and form possible before someone else does this. And at no point was there any thought put into anything else. And that that's evident in the movie to me all the way right through it. I, like, do I think it's it deserves four percent on Rotten Tomatoes? No, I've seen worse movies than Winnie the Pooh. I've not seen them this year, though. This is—I'll be surprised if I see anything worse than this this year. It really, 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 really was fucking terrible, and um, it, it blew my mind that anyone was trying to grab anything positive from this experience, other than. That is an hour and 24 minutes that could have been given to another movie at Fright Fest to play in its stead that would have been better. There are so many movies that could have had a shot, but, and this is where I get, this is where I get pissed off with the Fright Fest guys. There, there is no one telling me out of the four guys that organized that any of the four of them enjoyed this movie. So it's purely here to sell tickets, which is against the ethos of the Fright Fest community, which is bringing the horror. This is getting it. This is doing the rounds. It's made its money. It's played at cinemas in America. It's, you know, it's getting its DVD releases and all the rest. There is a sea of other movies out there that will have submitted their, you know, their fucking, their footage to Fright Fest that will have been passed over in favour of one of the poo purely to sell seats. And at that point, fuck them. 
Yeah, but do you not think the kind of flip side of that is that maybe they thought there's going to be a, a huge audience out there want to see it? And I don't mean because they think it's going to be good, just that they they want to see this movie. But I think they could see this movie. I don't think there's going to be... Like, Chad gets the axe, we don't know when people are going to see that. Yeah. There's going to be no shortage of ways to see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. So I don't don't get that... I I, I write that off. yeah. I would no fair enough. I, I would yeah. take that argument and I would agree with you. You're right yeah. in what you're I, saying. I, there. I, I, that's the thing that frustrated me is that's a spot that could have been given to someone else, and that really annoyed. Like that, the more I thought about it afterwards, it's a shit movie. I've seen shit movies before. I've seen shit fright fest movies before. But what angered me was that all the way through the festival, the organisers are talking about like all the hard work they are, like scouring the earth for these movies to put on the audiences will never get a chance to see and all the rest, and then I'm watching a movie that I know for a fact is going to be available, or is available um, already, and that's a spot that someone else could have had. It it, 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 it angered me in ways that movies don't, and I said to you, and I know you were like, oh, fuck off, like, given the choice with a gun to my head, either watch Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, or Terrifier, a movie that I hate, I would pick up Terrifier before I picked up this movie. Um, that's how much I hated it. I, I just, I, the, the time, like time has not been kind. I've not softened at all on this one. I've calcified no, you, the long really time this went on. You really know. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I think Scott hated it more than I did, uh, which is said a lot. He yeah, turned it into me like yeah. twenty minutes into he turned into me news like that. Um, this close to walking out, and then somehow managed to sit through the rest of it. I think it was because he wanted me to go like. I'm not dying for these bastards! Like that, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, like Braveheart style at the cinema. And I was like, nah, no, I'm going to watch it today. I very seldom have ever walked out of a movie at Friday. Yeah, yeah. Pay my money. I want to see it to the end. I can pick out a redeeming feature from almost any movie. I couldn't in this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I gave it a one. I hated it. Not a fuck this movie or anything like that. I gave it a one. I hated it. It was my least favourite movie of the the entire fright fest what about yourself Baz? <laughs> you get this um, like anything <laughs> like silly i'm gonna uh, i'm struggling a bit i'm going to give it a two Fuck it. i didn't like the i didn't like the film Right, but yeah. we've got to go back now. It's Netflix grades, so I'm not saying it was. It is, net, it is Netflix. Five. Yeah. It, it wasn't a forty percent good film. <laughs> um, I just, <laughs> I, I'm thinking ahead to another film that's yeah. coming, and I, I didn't like Winnie the Pooh. It, yeah. it, it's a, it's a two for me. I, I wouldn't say I hated it. Um. Will I watch it again? No. No. Um, <laughs> Will you watch the sequel? We'll probably end up because of the we're doing a fucking stupid episode about it or something. I'll end, end up on Fright just, Fest. There'll Fright be a, a morbid curiosity, but you know, I watched six fucking wrong turn films, then that bloody reboot thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so. <laughs> I've got fucking four in this game, son. <laughs> I'll watch trash. Um, um, right. Um, you know, so yeah, that, that's where yeah. I am on it. 
Right, so let's talk about the final movie, the closing movie of the day. This should have been movie number two. Uh, ended up being movie number five. Uh, this is Arati. Um, after all the technical difficulties were put to bed, we came back for what was a much longer movie um, than was intended at the closing spot. It should have been an hour, an hour and 25 minutes. And it jumped up to a closing movie, which was just shy of two hours. Um, you're going to yeah. see a trailer, I believe, for this one. And myself and Baz will talk about it right after this. Iratik. Welcome back. So, Arati, directed by Paul. Directed by Paul. Um, and <laughs> we're going to stick with that. Uh, Fucking guy was there all... as well. <laughs> he was there. We'll, we'll talk a wee bit about that at the oh, end. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I never felt so sorry for someone in my entire life. Um, and yeah, a cast of Spanish people whose names I will not pronounce. Um, this is based on the graphic novel. El Ciclo di Irati, um, written by a couple of Spanish folk. Um, the, the, the synopsis for this one is follows Irati, a young girl who will guide a group of Christian and Muslim warriors through a journey in an ancient mythological world where everything that has a name exists in an attempt to recover a lost treasure. Um, so this director previously did Elementari, uh, The Blacksmith and the Devil, which I fucking loved, which also played at Fright Fest. And I, I, like, this was my, before we even went in, I had said, this is the movie that I want to see. Yeah, like, I loved you his were previous very movie. psyched. Yeah. I was distraught when this got, like, it looked like there was going to be technical difficulties that was going to take it off. Um, and as a result, when when we're all talking about, uh, do we want to sit through this? It's a bit long and all the rest. I was like, you guys can go if you want. Uh, but I have the keys to the car. <laughs> like, so we're all sitting and watching this motherfucker. <laughs> right? You're all sitting I and watching this. I say you can one. go if you want, but you can't really. 
<laughs> You're all locked in here with me. Um, this is really good. This is really this is one of my favourites of the day. I think it has incredible performances. This dude here managed to make movies that look like a lot of money have been spent on them. And we know for a fact a lot of money has not been spent on them. It is just, it is a tour de force of really capturing scenery and set design and the script was, it was, wasn't particularly wordy, but, you know, there was, there was plenty going on with the subtitles. Um, plot points worked really, really well. Performance is awesome. And I like the twists and turns. The mythology of it really dragged me in, in the same way that Erementari's mm-hmm. mythology and the way it passed out dragged me in i like i was i was i, I kind of felt myself embedded with the story at ground level following things through with the twists and turns that went with it um, at times reminded me a little bit of the green knight um the the a24 movie from a couple of years ago um specifically towards the end it follows a familiar folklorish sort of strategy where you kind of know how the ending of the movie is going to go because we've all grown up with stories about knights and kings and warriors and all the rest and dragons and whatever um the the movie i feel personally didn't feel its length I i felt this felt much shorter than it actually was but i also felt that my viewing was hampered by the position of where it was placed um this should have come in right after chad gets the axe so we should have been like all like laughing and all the rest and then right into this mythological fucking odyssey before switching back out it, it, to it been a nice nice turn of kind of tone yeah it definitely whereas better. pensive pensive had a, like a weird to dark sense of humor that ran through it so it kind of felt like you were watching like a horror comedy and then a horror movie with comedic elements, which I think oh. on some level is why Mother Superior hits so cold when it comes in, because it's so against what you've seen before, where this would have been a great transition through into that movie. I don't think it would have elevated Mother Superior's score, but at the same time, I, I, I felt it would have worked really, really well there. Um, I kind of got absorbed by this one. I just felt myself just sinking it in my chair and just letting it wash over me in the same way that when you watch like those kind of big epic movies, whether it's um, uh, something like um, the Ray Harryhausen movies, you know, where you would sit there and watch like fucking Odysseus travel the seas on some quest for the Golden Fleece. Um, is, is that sort of level where you're like, you really just... You just, I just felt myself being absorbed by it. And by the time it finished, I felt it had a really nice close. I do, like, it looked in a really, really nice, kind of satisfying way. This dude, like, just needs money. Like, just keep giving them money and let them make movies. I know he's, he's very rooted in the Basque country, of which he mm-hmm. grew up. And he's dedicated to telling their stories, their kind of their folklore, their folk tales in cinema. And if that's all he ever wants to do, I'm there for it. I think he's he is a, a, a remarkable director. Um, they mentioned in here that this has pretty much dominated the, uh, in the top ten of uh, Spanish cinema since its release. So it's doing very, very well over there. He sadly came across to introduce his movie and do a Q&A and then basically got put in the shelf for most of the day because of the technical difficulties. And by the time they got the movie working, he got a very short kind of Q&A session at the start of the movie because they never do them at the end. Um, and I, 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 this played really, really, really well for me. It was not my favourite of the festival, 
but I would totally watch this movie again. I would like like I, I'm actually very keen to watch this movie again because I feel removed from the festival and removed with the circumstances around with it. I actually think this would play stronger for me. How about yourself? Um, I think Sat. I'm going to say up front at my score. For for me, the score is affected by the the um, the circumstances surrounding the movie. It played yeah. far too late for me. I was really tired, and I did sleep through a portion of this film. Enough of it that I think it removed me from the film. So I don't think I enjoyed the film as much as I maybe would. Um, certainly, had it played earlier in the day, I think I would have enjoyed it much more. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it was just too long and it was too late at night and this was the, the first time I had done. I don't. I've never watched five movies in a day. Um, this was you know literally the first time it had ever happened. Um, I I was a big fan of Elementary. I watched it when it dropped on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. I know you had seen it in advance of that previous Friday's, but I really liked Elementary. Um, this one, I suppose, is his kind of Lord of the Rings. It's a bit more of a kind of sweeping kind yeah. of uh, <laughs> odyssey is the term you used earlier on there. Um, I fully agree with what you say about the, the director. I felt terrible for the guy because yeah. he is, is English by his own admission is very limited. Mm-hmm. And I felt <laughs> he just wanted to say a, a few kind of thanks for coming and I hope you enjoy the film. It's one of the particular fright best guys just seemed to drag him out and force him to try and answer these questions when he yeah. didn't have the language skills to properly answer it, particularly on the, the attempt to watch it later on in the evening. Um, yeah. And the, the poor guy had clearly had a cunt of a day. Do you know what I mean? He, he's come over, he's wanting to push this. Um, his previous film had done quite well uh, yep. in English-speaking countries and all that, you know. So he's wanting a big push for it and that, and it just went to shit. And it became quite comedic with the, the stuff that was going on with the um, with the subtitles early on. And you, you feel mm-hmm. for the guy because he, he obviously suffered all through the day. The film landed late on the night, and yep, great, that's it. But he, he, he was obviously at his wit's end. My, my one particular abiding memory about everything that had gone on was we were down in the bar, so they'd had about three aborted attempts to play it at its proper time. <laughs> they basically said, right, no, we'll come back up in kind of half an hour. We're going to yeah. have one more chance, and if not, we'll come up with a better solution kind of thing. So we were down in the bar, and actually one of the Fright Face guys had stopped to talk to us uh, yeah. about it, and then... So it was Ian Rattray. Ian Rattray um, had, had yeah, stopped. Yeah, right. I didn't know who it was at the time. I kind of know who he is now. Um, and he, he was chatting, you know, and, and he, he was nice enough about it. And then the other fellow, Paul. was it Paul? Yeah. Paul. Came up. Now, he was the one that kept dragging the poor Basque guy up for the question. He pops up. <laughs> we're standing having a... Now, I'd had a couple of pints by this point in the day. And he pops out and says, listen, I've, I've just had a quick go around the theatre. General feeling is most people would be happy to watch that film with subtitles. And I, I just fucking looked at like, what? I am not sitting through a two-hour Basque language film with no fucking subtitles. 
I didn't say this, obviously, do you know what I mean? But thankfully, the fella at is like, nope, that's not helpful. We've got three yeah. different solutions, and that's not one of them. <laughs> oh, right, okay, leave it to you, leave it to yep. you. <laughs> Fuck is going to sit through a two-hour-foreign language film with any subtitles? Because it, it's, it's not too dialogue-heavy. I'm going to hit you. Yeah, I am going well, to thing chin is, you. Yeah, the, but the thing is, like, having watched it, you need the dialogue. You do. You know yeah, I mean? That ending does not. That ending do. does not land without the dialogue at no. all. We, as you said, we had watched about the first five or ten minutes of this film about three times with, with no dialogue, and I, I was still not really quite sure what was well, happening. We, we, we I did, had started got making Scott's up my own dialogue in my head. Yeah, Scott's Scott, a uh, fluent Spanish speaker, Scott <laughs> gave us his translation, which I'm going to say is like maybe it's a different. Like maybe they speak a, I think they do speak a variation it's like Basque country the Basque. Yeah, they do. yeah it turns out quite different because like Scott was well <laughs> off the mark so yeah so in joking terms as well. of the film itself <laughs> Liam, Liam kept saying to Ian Rattray um, you know we could play it and, and Scott could stand and wear a microphone yeah, the front and the <laughs> I said to I said to Scott, I was like, wouldn't this like be like like fitting if you'd been lying about this all along and this is the way we found that you couldn't speak Spanish? <laughs> like stand out of the <laughs> microphone with the director going, That's not what he says. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's this guy, Spanish speaker Scott here. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, but no, I mean in terms of the film, um it's I don't. I don't think even if I, I give it another watch, I don't think I will enjoy it as much as *Elementary*. I just don't think mm. *Elementary* had that kind of a horror movie. element yeah. to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I. I. I do think I will revisit it again because I don't feel that I did it justice, and that will be reflected in my score. And I do feel yeah. a bit bad about it, and I feel terribly bad for the director because it. It was a shame for the guy. It couldn't have gone much worse. Do you know what I mean? Other than us not yeah. seeing it. We did get to see yeah. it in the end, but he'd lost a lot of his audience by that point as well. So, well, the thing uh, is, they, because of the change of placement, they ended up putting Pensive on for a second showing at a different cinema. So those that were there yeah. for Pensive ended up going to see that instead of seeing Arati. So there were people that were there to see that movie that just didn't get to see it. So yeah, yeah. not not yeah. great. But um, he's working on a new project, and I uh, hope it plays at Fright Fest. And I hope that when they do that, they check it before the audience comes in because what oh, we found God out on the day is no one had tried playing any of these movies the foreign language movies specifically beforehand which in a world where this has happened before at fright fest you would assume someone checked the movies beforehand yeah. so the um yeah, there was only a couple of things over the whole weekend that annoyed me or i didn't like and yeah. that was one of them like for fuck's sake yeah. sit down we're all in the same boat for Five minutes per movie, do you know what I mean? Get one of your interns in um, yeah. and just get him <laughs> to check like, the fucking subtitles or what. We arrived on the second day and the first thing like someone had overheard is that every movie had been, like they spent <laughs> like a bit of time in the morning checking all the movies. I'm like, just do Fuck that. Me, that's time. a radical approach. Make sure they play. So that closed out the first day. Um, we are going to take a, a short break just now. We've um, not scored you... a ratty yet. Oh, we haven't scored a ratty. Good point, actually. No, I no. gave it a four. 
I gave it a four. I really liked this movie. Like I say, I think maybe on a, a future watch it would move up. Elementary is a five for me, so I'd, like it's not as high as that one. You're right. Like Elementary hits that brief of that almost. Uh, Guillermo del Toro horror fantasy thing thing, where this one is very much more on the kind of fantasy action with a small smidge of kind of and it's more the the mythological creatures that are horror based as opposed to the actual content so for me it's a two and a half um, but as I say that I do I do do feel that it needs I'm going so by my viewing. It's 0.5 higher than Winnie the Pooh for you, which is fucking insane. Take a second to just like think about what you've just said. It's a 0.5 I higher than the movie that you said I, I did not like. <laughs> I am saying that it should have an asterisk against it as well because I don't think I gave the film a fair shot because I, I did some. <laughs> trouble watching it but no i'm going i'm going to give it a 2.5 to be honest if if you're going to have naked chicken feet mermaids in it yeah i want to see her fanny you know what i mean <laughs> and it was there it could have happened it could have happened and it didn't and now i've got a weird chicken foot thing going on it's unrequited so that would have bumped it up I wish that probably a full point. I genuinely wish we'd had that chance for that QA. Uh, I would have loved <laughs> less a question and more a statement. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to see her funny. Um, right. <laughs> right, ladies and gents, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to be running through day number two, uh, kicking off with uh, Hunt Her, Kill Her, a.k.a. Night Shift. Uh, myself and Baz will be discussing that movie right after this. And 
and welcome back ladies and gents so uh first movie d number two it can be hit or miss but where did it land for us this is hunt her kill her now i believe this is about to become available in the states once again who knows for the uk um this one is directed by greg swinson and ryan fesson Potentially, who knows? Uh, based on the screenplay by Greg Swinson, and it stars Natalie Terrazino, um, J.C. Oakley the Third. There you are, third. Larry Bunton, like <laughs> Philip Zimney, uh, Trevor Tucker, Ed Bailey, Catelyn Cyan, Olivia Graves, and a lot of other people. I'll be honest. Most of what we see in this is covered up. Um, synopsis for this one is a janitor in a furniture factory finds herself in a fight for her life when she becomes the target of sinister masked intruders. Um, so yeah, we, we're operating on a lot less sleep. And yeah. uh, this was this was the first movie. This was to build us in. You've pretty much said that you kind of struggled with the first you struggled with your your ability to keep awake the first couple of movies and then found your second one um so i am super curious well i'm not super curious i know where you land on this one but the listeners don't uh let them know how you got on with hunt her kill her yeah so um as you say it was was quite late i think it was about half two by the time i got to bed and then Mm -hmm. i was up to get picked up about half nine or something to head back through for this. Um, this film caused no end of eruptions amongst the group. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was the film that broke up the fucking Beatles as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, are you saying that this movie is the Yoko Ono of the festival, eh? It is. It is in my mind. Um, <laughs> it, Hunt or Kill Her is a very basic kind of slasher home invasion type thing although she's not at home the girl she's at her work kind of thing but as that kind of vibe she's in this warehouse these people come in to get her type thing um i i oh i did not like this movie (laughs) at all um and what what really annoyed me was i felt that all of the arguments that were raised against this film could easily have been raised or were raised against Winnie the Pooh. And and it was Uh like, folk were given this film much more slack than they were given Winnie the Pooh. And I felt like, well, that's just because it's fucking, it's Winnie the Pooh, do you know what I mean? (laughs) I thought... I thought the acting in this was garbage. And I'll, I'll flat out say it, I, thought, I, I believe that it was worse than the acting in Winnie the Pooh, which I did not think That's was good. Wrong. I, That's I, wrong. Well, I, I didn't think the acting in Winnie the Pooh was good, but I thought the acting in this was worse. I thought the plot was minimal. Really, yep. really minimal. I, I, I just felt it, it was a very lightweight film. There was... 
It, it, it certainly it's nothing groundbreaking, you know. There, there's nothing new to it. It's a girl getting hunted down by a, a, a group of guys. There, there's a reason for it. You find out the reason again. Nothing, <laughs> nothing new. Do you know what I mean? And I just, I, I was bored, like actively bored by it, because um, there is no humorous element to this film either. You know what I mean? It's just, no. <laughs> I thought the acting was fucking appalling, the script was fucking appalling, the story was fucking appalling. Um, I, I really didn't. I, I felt about this film the same way as you guys felt about Winnie the Pooh, and I, I just thought... You gave me a death stare, Jordan. Like, I started laughing at a particular bit, and... Like I, I could feel the eyes boring at me, and I turned around, and you were just like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" And I was like, "Like you said with Scott, like Scott during but twenty yeah. minutes out of the pool was like, oh, that's close to fucking walking out.' I was having yeah. similar kind of things that I was never going to walk out of the film. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But it was like when you seemed to be kind of half enjoying yourself, like Are you fucking kidding? Like you that were literally you were shit." And I'm um, fucking raging about it. And I can't, I can't fucking thinking like the, the the Paul guy from Fight Fest. He had said in his introduction that you know, hope you guys enjoyed this film as much as I did. Fuck off! You did not enjoy this. I I, oh, I, did, I did not like this film at all. I fucking hate this film. Hate um, it. I I we can't share. The and we, we I can't fought, share. We all fought like this about this. Yeah, I um, this I, I will agree with you. This is not a good movie, and I will also agree with you. The acting's bad. The acting is not as bad as the Winnie the Pooh movie. Once again, edibles will make you believe things that happened that did not. The the, the, the acting of this woman is marginally better than anyone in the Winnie the Pooh movie. I will, I will, I will also agree. The dialogue is the dialogue is on par with the Winnie the Pooh movie, yeah. but I think she. I will. I will put that disclaimer out there. I was. High on edibles when I watched Winnie the Pooh. High, high on edibles when I watched no, this. Like, like Liam, Liam said that you turned around and said to him of all the days not to bring in anything. Yeah, about half an hour <laughs> in, because when we picked him up in the second day flat, I yeah. thought, bro, he didn't have any more of the edibles and he hadn't had time to do whatever else it is that he does. And um, so basically, there was nothing like that at all in the second day, and I turned yeah. in the flat halfway through. About half an hour in, I was like, of all the fucking days to not bring drugs, you picked today. <laughs> right, so let, let, let me let me let me pitch my stall for this movie. I don't think this is a good movie, right? But I think this yeah. is a wholly entertaining movie, which I can't say about the Winnie the Pooh. The Winnie the Pooh movie didn't entertain me; it just frustrated me. Um, this movie didn't frustrate me because. From about five minutes into this movie, I knew exactly what I was getting. And on that level, I think the movie operates fine. Doesn't have any aspirations to go beyond it. And kind of delivered what I expected throughout. Um, the acting is not great. Uh, the dialogue is like borderline. It's like the worst cliches in, in horror yeah. all grouped together. I will say, I liked some elements here more than I thought I would. I actually really thought the attention to the practical gore effects, which Winnie the Pooh didn't have, um, worked for me. Like, I thought, like, like to me, and they operated in a way where it made sense. If someone got injured, 
weirdly the continuity on that injury was held throughout the movie in a way which a movie shouldn't have like i've seen like hollywood movies where someone gets their leg cut and then five minutes later they're sprinting up at it and you're like nah. yeah. like they, they weirdly had like like a focus on that in a way where i was just like of all the things to get right that's the thing you <laughs> got like just c- confusing yeah. um the lengths that this cat and mouse game goes to are so farcical that they became like a, like me and scott were howling with laughter at this and there was plenty of comments back which once again that's the it's the fright face thing where you get like you start to see something so silly that you start like kind of whispering to the person yeah, yeah. You, and then you start cracking jokes about what you've seen and then you build this whole mythology about the movie which we were doing which made me enjoy it more I think the ending is the one of the most ridiculous endings I've ever seen like it's up there with and the, the way I kept linking it back to is um, it's, it's my go-to movie when I want to link things back to terrible movies can be in, can be entertaining. It's PCs. Like this to me is not on the level of PCs, but it has all those qualities about it where I can see someone's heart was in the right place, but it almost feels like at every turn they, they made the wrong choice, um, and that wrong choice inevitably has led to a bit of hilarity. Um, it's mercifully quick. Like, I felt that Pooh movie felt double the length. This one felt like it was over in an hour, and it's an hour and a half. It flew in for me. Um, and other things that I quite enjoyed, I liked... <laughs> I liked how over-the-top the killings were in a silly way. Like, if you're killing someone with a plunger in the way they do in this movie, and I'll say nothing else, and then you keep coming back to that, there's no way someone wrote that and didn't think half the audience is going to laugh at this and i was in that mm. half i would never talk you into thinking this is a good movie because i don't think it's a good movie i think we got a lot of traction out the fact that you thought it was worse than the winnie the pooh movie yeah. which just <laughs> made us double down on what we're like because this kept getting mentioned throughout the day just loud enough so you would hear um, and it was a lot of nudging of, wait, let me see this, wait, let me see this, uh, oh, like that, hunter killer, and then you would be like, ah, fucking, like, just, you yeah. go off, um, so, you know, yeah, it's on, not a great on, movie, I, go for it. On that, I, um, I will say, I have actually noticed <clears throat> a few kind of reviews popping up on, like, the Fright Fest Facebook groups and stuff like that, and other people seem to have enjoyed this film. And it it's fucking pure trash. Me. Yeah. It's pure like I if anyone said this was their favourite movie of the festival, I would I would be like, Well, you were at the wrong festival. But I I had like this to me got me in the mood. Like when it finished, I was I was primed for the next movie. I was in a kind of bimsy, cheery kind of that was awful, but oh my god, how much fun was it? Sort of way. And like I say, yeah. the, their attention to detail on the practical effects kind of won me over. And a way which I, like some of the deaths are some of the, like some of the killings in this are some of the most ridiculous things I've seen. I I might see this year actually. Um, there's a particular scene with sellotape and a hammer and a hand, which when it happens, I I honestly I almost buckled over and never made my way back to my seat. I thought it was like absolutely hilarious, and the movie was just littered with them. In a way where if someone had told me that they were they were kind of doing the home alone approach, 
to like booby traps and all the rest, but brought over in a horror world. Like that, that would make sense to me. It was on that level. So yeah, it didn't. It didn't. It's not. It's not a great movie. It did entertain me though. Um, and like I say, that will carry weight with me, especially in a festival. That will carry weight with me. Whereas I, whereas I see the one of the poor movies being soulless. Um, mm. I see this movie at least having an entertainment value, which gives it a bit of character. Like this movie is is full of character. Not a great movie, but it's got character about it. Whereas the Winnie the Pooh movie to me is is vacuous, it's empty, um, and that didn't sell it through for me. I know those are flip for us, uh, and yeah, I yeah. fully fully appreciate. It. I'm I am super curious to hear your grade on this one, and then see how outraged you are when I give you my grade. Um, so, uh, what what are you giving? Uh, Hunt her, kill her. Uh, I'm giving it a one. Hate this film. <laughs> Um, like, you know, like, like, see what you're saying about how it kind of kicked off the second day for you. It fucking killed yeah. the second day for me. It's that I, I, all I'm thankful about is the film they followed it with, because mm. that kind of, I, I had completely did. I was like, oh no, this is my worst fucking nightmare. See if it's a day of movies like this, then I'm, oh, I'm gonna hate this. Where it, thankfully, the film that came after it. Yeah, got me back on track, and I, I, I think we're ruining it for later on. I, I think that, that the second day was a stronger day than the first. Um, just I would in agree terms with that, that particular yeah. collection of movies and my enjoyment of them all. But no, this was a dreadful start to it. It's a one. <laughs> hey, I gave this a two and a half. Um, I, I, I had I had a lot of fun with this movie. I really, really did. I, when I was thinking about it and rating it back. This to me, it doesn't have all the, it doesn't have all the great set design and all the stuff that like a movie like Mother Superior did, which let me down on it's like execution, like in terms of like the story it was filmed, and the, the, it's like a ste- it's like a steampunk IKEA that it's yeah. filmed in. <laughs> that was the, like you mentioned at the end, which kind of made me love it a little bit more. Um, if I'm honest, um, there's a, there's another movie out there for someone to make. Yeah, I, like it's it's trashy. It, to me, it was very entertaining, and uh, it came in at a two and a half. Um, you have kind of set this up perfectly. Uh, the next movie was like a home fucking run for me. This is like the like. And I'm not giving anything. This was this is the movie of Fright Fest for me that we're about to discuss. But to give a little back, a little bit of backstory, um, I had done a bit of research on this one, and I was not actually looking forward to it at all. Uh, the next movie was Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Um, the only thing that kind of had me excited was that I knew there was cameos from Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs was going to be in the movie. I'm a big fan of Jeffrey Combs. I'm a big fan of Barbara Crampton. So you kind of have me in at that point. Mm-hmm. But that's all I knew. Liam, on the other hand, inadvertently knew far too much about this movie without knowing anything about it. He'd been he in the lobby. far too much about the character. Yes, he'd been in the lobby and he'd clocked someone taking a picture beside the poster of the movie and then clocked that it was the guy from the movie, Onyx, um, and then this jogged a memory of a, <laughs> a viral clip 
from YouTube. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, when he come back up, it all started to make sense because I was like, this character is big on YouTube and this is the movie that's been made of it. And he's like, well, this makes sense. I remember when the Satanic Temple put up the statue and I think it's Boston or Baltimore, one Detroit. of the two. Um, Detroit, thank you. Um, back in 2012 and they're interviewing everyone around and there's this really weird eccentric dude that just starts talking really, really fast in a weird kind of tone and it's, it's become viral. And he showed us a clip and I was like, all right. And he's like, I'm I'm telling you, I that guy is here. And yeah. it turns out that guy is here. And not only is that guy here, they've made a movie, he's made a movie about that character. And I'll tell you right now, you're going to see a clip because there is no official trailer for this one. But the setup for it is we were the first people out with Sundance Film Festival to see this movie, of which it played twice at Sundance Film Festival because of demand. So it played the midnight slot and people were so in demand for it, they put a second screening on of the movie. And um, if I could have watched this movie again the same day i fucking would um that's how much i enjoyed this one uh, you're going to see a clip for onyx the fortuitous and the talisman of souls myself and baz are going to be back to discuss it right after this i hate to disappoint you all my oh so loyal followers but i am dead dead as a doornail this is not a trick or an illusion Go ahead, check my pulse. I'll wait. What this is, is your first test. A test of faith. One that can bring me back to life. So, if you have faith in me now, show it. Speak it with me now with hearts full of faith. Let him rise. Let him rise. Let, Let him, him rise. rise. Let, Let him rise. 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 And welcome back. So Andrew Bowser, a.k.a. Onyx, has both written and directed this one. He stars in the movie alongside Olivia Taylor Dudley, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, Arden Mern, uh, Rika Reyes, Terrence T.C. Carson, uh, Melanie Chandra, Guy Wilson, uh, Ryan Stinger, uh, maybe, and some other folks. Um... Synopsis for this one is Fledgling occultist Onyx and a group of worshippers attend a once-in-a-lifetime ritual at their idols Bartok the Great's mansion. Um, I'll take the, the swing at this first. Um, I don't want to spoil anything about this movie. I think this movie is... It's not even going to become a cult classic. This just is going to become a movie that I think everyone is going to hold very near and dear. To their, their, their hearts when we discuss it. This is like to me, I think you you said to me after it, it reminded you a lot of Tucker and Dale versus yeah. Evil. And I would agree in that 
I think this movie is going to be for this decade what Tucker and Dale versus Evil was for the previous decade. Mm. I think by the time we get to like 2029, people are going to be like that. One of the best horror comedies was Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Uh, it's on the more fantasy side of things. Um, but it does have it does have some good old fashioned horror elements, full of practical effects. This is all practical effects, and I fucking loved it. Creature design is fucking wicked in this one. And at the centre, you have Andrew Bowser doing his character of Onyx, who he is. He said in his his introduction, he is perfectly crafted over ten years worth of viral content. Yeah. And this movie only really found its audience off the back of TikTok and that it had been very popular on YouTube. He'd been fucking around with some ideas. He took it to TikTok. It got a huge push there, which allowed him to kickstart partial funding of this movie. And um, he spent all the money in the right place. Um, from a from a casting point of view, this, this movie fucks hard. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is... I love Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs has done everything I love in cinema, as well as all the stuff I love on TV. I mean, all the stuff he's done in Star Trek, without getting too geeky about it, I fucking adore. But like, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. He is fucking amazing in this, right? He's surrounded by incredible actors and actresses. Interestingly enough, our, um, <laughs> Liam pointed out at the end, one of the main characters in here is the little girl from uh, School of Rock who School plays Rock, the, the bass, bass player. Yeah. Chile. Um, and she's all grown up now and she's fucking great in this. She's really good in core, it. Yeah. The whole cast, like everything just works here. However, Andrew Bowser as Onyx the Fortuitous might be one of my favourite characters I've seen um in, in cinema in a long, long, long time. Um, he has a cadence and a delivery which is somewhere between... It's like if Napoleon Dynamite was an evangelical preacher. Um, that's kind of what it comes across as, you know what I mean? It, uh, he's, he's got... A, the, way, the way he talks and the inflections and the eyebrow movements and all the rest, it's all there and it's fully realised and he goes on these massive sweeping monologues for what should be like a yes no answer and i yeah. fucking loved it um the the setups of jokes though are multifaceted and the execution is phenomenal almost everything that is set up in this movie is paid off in terms of throwaway lines become like scenes later on in the movie and the world building around it is fucking mind-blowing it's a movie that runs approximately an hour and 50 minutes felt like an hour I mean, I swear to God, this was over before, and I wanted more. I wanted, like, another 20 minutes on top of it. Um, it, it just it blew my mind how good this was. Like, like, horror comedies are either a hit or a miss with me. Um, they either sink my battleship or they're wildly off. And this one, this one landed... I was howling with laughter watching this, as was everyone in the cinema howling with laughter. And like when it finished, I, I'd, I'd said to both Scott, yourself and Liam that it will take an act of God to knock this off. A movie which I genuinely had next to zero interest about when I went in. Not only won me over, but won me over as maybe one of my favourite Fright Fest experiences I've ever had. It's not the, the best movie I've seen at Fright Fest by any stretch of the imagination. 
but the experience of watching this movie with the audience, with my friends, um, I couldn't put a price. It was almost worth the price tag of the ticket, like yeah. all out, um, just to see the movie. I, I think this is fucking great. You will not have to struggle to see this this year. This will get good distribution because of the 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 kind of the weight it carried out of. Um, yeah, the, the Sundance. If you put um, if it shows twice at Sundance, it's getting distribution. Um, and yeah, the, like everything about it just it, it was. Oh man, we were like we were quoting the movie. We were quoting the movie right after seeing it for the first time, for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I thought this was fucking great. How about yourself? How did you get on with Onyx um, the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls? I, I really, really enjoyed this film. I will say, I, I have, I'm going to score this film high. I actually mm-hmm. think on a second watch it will be higher. I was still suffering a little bit. I was quite tired during some of it um, and I don't think I maybe got I, I still thoroughly enjoyed this movie, I, I really did yeah. um, and it'll be one of my highest ones when we come to rank this kind of thing but I, I think on a set, I need a second watch of this movie um, Yeah. and interestingly though I've, since since we came back from the festival I, I've actually gone and looked at quite a lot of the stuff online mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And it's interesting what you're saying in that he's kind of honed this character because some of the stuff online is a little hit and miss and it can become quite kind of repetitive and it it just feels like with this movie, he has, he's chipped away the little rough edges now Mm. and it, it is this finished product and he has put it into a film at the right time. If he'd maybe done this a year or two ago, maybe pre-COVID or something like that, it could have been a bit of a shit show. You know, there would have been bits of it. But I I, I just think he's managed to... The the timing's been perfect and the work that he's put in. Because I can't find anything else that he's done. Everything that is freely available on YouTube is all based around Onyx. And there's various... um, What's the one he does? Uh, it's not the Book of Shadows. It's something that are wel- welcome to the Shadow Zone. That's it, the Shadow Zone, I think. Yeah, the Shadow uh, so Zone. There's a kind of web series of that, and some of the characters that appear briefly in the movie are in uh, these ones as well. And they're definitely mm-hmm. worth checking out, but they are of varying kind of levels of quality and kind of interest. But... It, it, it's clear that, as you say, I think it's about a decade he's been titting about with this character, but mm-hmm. he, he's, he's there now, and he has this really well-crafted comedy figure. A rather, there was a review popped up on Facebook, again, through one of the Fight Fright Fest things, and it was actually quite a positive review, but it describes the character of Onyx as an incel, and I thought that was really unfair, no. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not an uh, He's, you know, he struggles very badly with, you know, people of the opposite <laughs> sex and stuff like that. Yep. Do you know what I mean? But an incel, certainly, you know, in, in the modern parlance, is, is someone who's become very embittered towards women and that. And there is none of that in this fucking Yeah, there's a, there's a sense of entitlement. Incels yeah. are entitled, they feel like, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and therefore free to denigrate women you know because they've not achieved or, or received what they want to there is none of that in the Onyx character he's a very likeable 
character. Albeit he's a bit tragic, because he's a bit tragic. And it's not just with women, it's around just other people. He's a very um, anxious, you know, just struggles with with other people and and interacting with the outside world. And that's just littered through the movie. And I I just thought, I I, I can't remember who it was that did this. I I don't know if the person was at the, the festival or the person that was that uh, promoted this particular review. I just thought, that's really harsh. Yeah. Don't call it. I think, I think, yeah, I think there, I think they are, I think there's a lack of understanding as to what an incel is and they're confusing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Someone who is socially awkward with an incel, which are not Uh the same things. Painfully so. Painfully socially awkward, but he's not a fucking incel. So please, if you happen to come across that review, this character is not like that at all. He's, a, <laughs> He's very, a very endearing character. I thought a lot of the other characters in it were really, really good as well. Um, yeah. The wee girl from School Rock, she, she's great in it. Um, there's a kind of a more extreme kind of goth female character in it. Again, they all are. Um, and yeah. some of the, so, there's some great musical comedy in it, and there is one particular scene. Had I'm me just honestly, going to say it's, um, it's meatloaf related, <laughs> and I'm not I going to say honestly, anymore because I do not want to lose it. But I was in bits. Um, I almost passed out from laughing. I thought I was going to piss myself. I thought I was going to piss myself. Um, it was phenomenal it was so in his performance because he is clearly the one that's singing in it. You know, <laughs> it, and it, it's fucking great. It, it, the film itself is worth seeing just for that. Um, yeah. for that one particular scene because I could watch that over and over again. Um, as I say, I'm not going to score it maybe as high as you think I would, but it's just because I don't think I get the full effect. I was just a bit too tired still at this point in the day. That's not yep. to say that I didn't like it because I thought this was a, a brilliant film. Nice. Uh, I gave this one a 4.5. Um, this is as close to like the perfect Fright Fest movie. A few movies have had fives from me in the past at Fright Fest. It's difficult for me to give out a five unless it's something exceptional in a festival scenario because, like, like I said before, festival goggles are a real thing. Um, I genuinely think, though, on a second watch of Onyx at home, this could be a five. I'd, I'm, I'm that, I'm like that way where I'm like, if I see this, because I can't see this losing any traction for me. The idea, and this is not giving anything away, but the idea that there's a potential setup for a further feature or an expanded universe for the character, I'm in a hundred percent. Like I, I hope they do that, and I hope he gets. All the accolades, all the success, and everything that he is deserved by bringing this to the screen. It's, yeah. Like, there's I, like looking at this movie, you know for a absolute fact, everyone had a fucking ball making it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, it's yeah. just so it looks so much fun. Uh, it's where you're coming in. I'm giving four point five. What are you giving it? I I'm, I'm coming in with a very solid four. Um, and like I say, I I could see that score going up on a second viewing. Um, I know what you're talking about, about the kind of festival goggles, because like yeah. I say, I was conscious through both days, there's people laughing away, and I'm like, that's not that fucking funny. But <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't think that was the case with this. I, I, I don't think there was a single person in that theatre, and there was a lot of us in for this movie, that 
wasn't genuinely laughing and just having a great time watching this film. Um, if you like films like Tucker and Dale, um, yeah. this is an absolute fucking shoe-in. Um, the character himself, I suppose my only worry going forward is maybe that the all the kind of inflection and all that in, in his delivery, could it become a bit kind of done to death, uh, you know, if it went on in the other films? Maybe... Maybe not, you know what I mean? Borat, you fucking umpteen films. And he I was, was going to say, Borat, uh, Ace you know Ventura. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Ace is a character exactly. that you wouldn't have thought would have got a sequel, and that sequel to yeah. me works really, really well. I don't yeah, know yeah. how I would interact with a third movie, though. You know, a third movie might push it over, so I think yeah. they've got scope. So if you want to do a second yeah, absolutely. one, I think it can work. So. Um, absolutely, absolutely, but... It, there, there's enough. It's not just about a quirky wee character. This film, there, yeah. there is enough of a plot there, and just other little mechanisms like the music-related uh, humor that's thrown in it and all that. That it, you know, it's a much much bigger film than just an ex- extended YouTube clip. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. It, it's yes, far yes. far more than that. Um, so yeah, an, an excellent movie, an excellent movie, and a strong four. Nice. Right, so let's uh, turn our attention to more religious horror, which was a weird theme uh, throughout this year's Fright Fest. There was a lot of religion. Uh, we're going to talk about the next movie by Christopher Smith. This is Consecration. Here is a trailer for the movie, which has now played in America, and we'll talk about where you might see it in the UK, and we'll do it right after this. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> I'm here from the Vatican because of your brother's death. I've come to bring the transparency to this tragedy. Before he fell into darkness, he was much loved by everyone. Fell into darkness. You saw my brother kill himself. The eyes of God are on us all. This was the ultimate confessional. The nuns, they stand here and for every sin committed, they take a step back. The more steps they took, they fell to their death. God got them. We live a disciplined life here. Contained, cleansed, purified. Peekaboo, where are my clothes? Mother says we must first remove the filth from them. You're a woman of science. What is it you seek? My brother was badly hurt before he fell. I think you discovered something that he was afraid of. When I have dark thoughts, I think I might be a really bad person. They're all lying. What is it that you think you know? One God. And 
And welcome back. So, Consecration, the new movie from Christopher Smith, based on the screenplay by Christopher Smith and Laurie Cook. Who is this Christopher Smith that Duncan keeps talking about? Um, well, you'll know him. You will have seen his movies before. He did Creep um, from the early 2000s, the kind of London underground horror movie. Um, he followed that up with Severance. Uh, the horror comedy starring Danny Dyer, um, and then followed that up with Triangle, the time-bending murder ship movie, which really put him on the map. He's done various bits and bobs since then. He's done a bit of TV. Um, returned to making like proper horror movies two years ago with The Hollow, which is on Shudder if you want to go and check it out. I wasn't a big fan of The Hollow, if I'm honest. I felt like it was a lot of... Actually, weirdly, like Mother Superior, a lot of setup with not a great deal of payoff. Um, so we've landed with Consecration, his new movie. Um, this one stars Gina Malone, Danny Houston, Janet Sussman, Ian Perry, uh, Stephen. Don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, Eileen Fisher, Victoria Donovan, Thorin Ferguson, and a lot of other people in here as well. The synopsis for this one is, after the alleged suicide of her priest brother, Grace travels to the remote Scottish convent where he fell to his death. Distrusting the church's account, don't we all, uh, she uncovers murder, sacrilege, and a disturbing truth about herself. <gasps> Baz. You um, fell asleep a little bit during I this did. movie. Yeah. Uh, however, in discussions after this, turns out you'd pretty much picked out what the story was about anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, um, I, don't I don't think, think we missed think... anything here. How did you get on with it though? I um... <laughs> I quite enjoyed Consecration. It, the like the the director guy. I am um, I'm one of the few people that didn't really enjoy Triangle. I didn't. Didn't you? Oh wow! No, right. I, I watched it. It's been a good few years since I watched it. In fairness, um, I think we're maybe talking about second year Baz V Horror, and it was one of those random ones that I just picked up off a streaming channel. So I'm going to check it yeah. out, and, and I didn't really dig it that much. But the Creep is a film that I fucking love. Love mm -hmm. a lot. I like Creep too as well. It was it wasn't quite as good as the original, as far as I'm concerned, but still a great movie. But Creep, uh, I absolutely love, and I remember sitting watching it with my daughter as well. I've watched Creep two or three times now, uh, and it's a, just a phenomenal film. Mm -hmm. um, Consecration. Uh, I can I remember the vague, you know, the general premise of the film and all that. I can't remember too much detail wise. Um, there is a very good kind of um, mechanism that's used in the film in terms of this particular where it's filmed in this kind of monastery. Um, yeah, I, I believe was it on the Isle of Skye that a lot of this was filmed or something like that. It was like they they basically shot all the, the according to them they had eight days of shooting on the Isle of Skye the rest was shot in London so yeah. I think some of the some of the interiors is are, are done in London so mm. I think all mm. the interiors of the church and all the rest all the exterior work was done on Skye yeah I mean as religious horror goes it's it's pretty decent 
Um, it's not the best one I've ever seen, but it's far, far from the worst. <laughs> um, there's a particular mechanism to do with a hole in an exterior wall. Um, yes. That features in the movie. And when you get the payoff for that, I really yeah. loved that. Um, when it's explained what that's about, I thought that was great. Um I thought that the way it kind of loops back to the beginning at the end. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a particular scene at the start of the movie, and then that feeds into the end. I don't know if I particularly loved the way that they kind of finished it. Um, mm-hmm. I might have preferred a, a bit of a kind of more linear, almost obvious kind of plot ending. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to say it's bad in any means. It's just that if I was the one that was making it, I would have maybe finished it differently. I'm not the one that makes it. Do you know what I mean? If I had made it, <laughs> it would have probably looked like Hunt Her, Kill Her on a fucking much lower budget. Which is why I don't make films, Stunky Boy. But um, <laughs> acting great. Location's brilliant. Story, good. Do you know what I mean? Um... It, it was the again. I was quite tired during this one. This was the kind of I, I kind of came out of that after this movie, um, mm-hmm. mostly as a result of the film that's going to follow it. Um, it's a better film than Mother Superior, I think. It, it's a more yes. complete film. It doesn't suffer from the failings that Mother Superior does. Um, it, in terms of the films that we saw over the course of the weekend. It's probably kind of middle of the road for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there were better films at the festival, but there were also quite a few that were not as good as this one as well. Um, probably a kind of decent place to put it as well, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of the kind of middle of the second day. Yeah, that was all right. Um, it's more of a trad kind of religious horror than something that Mother Superior was. Um, yeah. But... As far as that goes, it delivered harder than that one did. So, yeah, it was a decent film. Not my favourite, but it was good. Um, I'm not far off you here, to be honest with you. I, I think it's directed really well. I think you're right. The, <coughs> the, the casting is really good, but that's because Jenna Malone's in it and she's fucking incredible and in everything I've seen, even with her kind of ropey, very like middle to upper class aristocratic english accent which is almost a little lara croft for me if you know what i mean um i think they joked during the q a about it being a bit too much princess diana um it is very posh um what i mean but she's she's very good in this danny houston i mean guy's a fucking legend uh, i know they were listing off tons of movies that he'd been in for me he will always be like the the, the fucking really sadistic evil vampire from 30 days of night where he's you know no god um you know like, that line is terrifying like like anytime i was like no god um he's great in this one interestingly enough as a priest <laughs> like Mm. espousing god and i'm like you've changed your colors danny houston look at you <laughs> um, um yeah there's, there's a i liked a lot of the setup of this um i didn't have the same issue with the ending that you had in that i felt 
it was actually the maybe the three minutes preceding that where they do a lot of kind of flashbacks and a lot of inserting of certain things, which I kind of felt like, right, I don't need to see every one of these. I can kind of, from well, as soon as you show me at one time, I can kind of extrapolate from the rest, yeah. but it does that very linear showing you everything. So by the time that final thing comes across, I'm like, I get it. Uh, but the actual, what it does there was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, the biggest gripe I have with it is the, the thing that you've touched on. Um, religious horror for me doesn't really get my motor running, if I'm honest. It's because it has to be of a particular pace. It has to be of a particular tone. And neither one of them is something that I rush out to check in horror movies. Um, they're very, they're very. It's a very serious subject matter, and as a result, especially in a festival environment, I don't know if I can always build myself up to that. However, across the board, the execution is great. Um, Christopher Smith is a fucking great director. Like, he yeah. just genuinely is. Um, I've read some reviews online from when it played in America. Interesting enough, he joked about this when he was like that. It did not perform well in America, where people were saying it was long and boring. I don't. I'd never felt bored by the movie. I would agree. It did feel longer than its runtime, but I never felt bored. And I felt the payoff at the end was in or around what I kind of expected. Um, as religious horror movies go, this is nowhere near the bottom. And I think some people are maybe judging it a little harsh because they expected certain things to happen that didn't happen because you're trained to expect them from from religious horror movies. It's fine. Um, I believe from what was said by Alan Jones, who was a grumpy bugger on that second day, that it's going to make its way to Shudder. Um, so if you're in the UK, you'll be able to see it on Shudder. Uh, the reason I say he was a grumpy bugger is Christopher Smith himself didn't know that. Uh, it was Alan that was kind of pushing him for answers and then he got a bit scurty with him when he was like that. I mean, do you not know where your movie's like, going? And um, Christopher Smith was like, no, I don't, like, I, don't, I don't know where it's playing, which you would think it would have done a little bit of uh, a little bit of work on beforehand, but no. So you will be able to see it at some point this year. Um, I wouldn't say rush out and check it by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought it was fine for what it did. Um, what grade did you give Consecration? Uh, it's a fairly solid three. I like Consecration, um, like I say, uh, I wouldn't push it much higher up than that. Um, caveat being, I was quite tired when I watched it and, you know, there was sections of it I did miss um, from falling asleep, but yeah, it's a three. I, I, I get annoyed at that whole, <clears throat> it was long and boring. Yeah. Not every religious horror film has to be the fucking exorcist. You don't need some wee bird frigging herself off with a I think, just to I make think people good, forget. You know I, mean? I think people forget that the first 35 minutes of The Exorcist is just pure setup. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, It's yeah, not yeah. as if the yeah. movie starts and she's possessed and then like five minutes into it she's saying that your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yeah. That takes a while to come into that movie, so... I actually think sometimes it lends to these types of films as well, that kind of... Sh- Judaeus cloistered kind of atmosphere that you can kind of build through it. It's and more, this film actually does that life, quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's more real to life. Yeah. Like, no, like, no priest or nun is rushing about the place to do fucking anything. So, exactly. Except cover up molestation. Um, so, <laughs> so what did you give it? I gave it a three and a half. I'm just a little bit above yeah. you. Um, like I say, I didn't mind the ending as much as I think you did. 
Um, and I thought it did a few things really, really well. It's difficult for that. Is that like I say, it's a genre which is very difficult for me. Like Saint Maud is the exception to the rule because that's a movie that deals with religion without being a religious horror movie. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the sort of level I like when it's like in the background of a movie but not the focus of the movie and it's the focus of the movie here so mm. uh 3.5 right uh, let's talk about a world premiere which was our next movie baz got his second win right here ladies and gents and um, we're going to be discussing that little bone lodge you're going to see the trailer hopefully um for that movie or a clip maybe um when myself and baz return we are going to be discussing that movie right after this And welcome back. So Little Bone Lodge, this was its world premiere at Fright Fest. This had the director, uh, cast and crew. Um, so there was plenty of people here for this one, including A-list star Jolie Richardson, who um, appeared um, far too fancy for Glasgow. Um, yeah. And I believe she may have appeared done the Q&A, had a drink, got back on a flight and wherever it was she was going next, it did feel like a very much like a kind of I am here for an hour, you have me, let's get yeah. this done so I can get out of here. Um, so this is directed by Matthias Honey, who is I think more now known for Cockneys versus Zombies, which I know what you're thinking, is this a horror comedy, Duncan? It has a streak of dark humour through it, yes, but it's definitely not a comedy. No. Um, this one is based on the script by Neil Limpo, who's also in the movie. It stars Jolie Richardson, Neil Limpo, C.D. Soverall, Harry Cadbury. Cad... No, not Cadbury. Cadby. <laughs> Fucking hate my eyes. Cadbury, Cadbury of the famous Cadbury family, Baz. Um... <laughs> Jesus, Yoon uh, Bennett or Gordon Bennett, uh, Cameron Jack and some other folks are in here as well. Synopsis for this one is, set during a vicious storm, two criminal brothers on the run seek refuge in a desolate farmhouse. Taking the resident family captive, they find the household's dark secrets of its own. Um, this is really fucking good. So this is, this is, a, like, this is one of those ones where it's, this is perfect uh, Fright Fest fodder and that it's one of those movies that is dark and twisted enough but never too gory that it would off put your general punter buying a ticket but also twisty and weavy enough that all the way through the movie I had a, a feel that I knew what was going on then I changed my mind then I was back mm -hmm. to my original thought then I changed my mind then I was back to my original thought and then it ended up in a place that I was like fucking great yeah it, like this one sticks to landing in the best possible way Jolie Richardson is a tour de force in this movie she's absolutely fucking great I have loved her forever I'd like she's like an actress that's popped up in so many things that I've watched is unhealthy uh, everything from way back in the day Event Horizon through um our prominent role in the TV show Nip Tuck which I was marginally obsessed with uh back in the day uh, she's she's a great actress and she turns in as a performance which allows her to play many different versions of the same character with relative ease. Like, she makes it look very, very easy. And what's interesting about it is that 
the the way you perceive that and i would love i can't wait to watch this a second time because i think there are things that she said that i took one way that on a second viewing the inflection will be completely different not an easy thing to do it's really well shot it's well casted across the, the entire movie the script is great um the pacing is brilliant this is an hour and a half fucking flies in and it has those twists and turns and story, you know, like little little, um, little hooks that keep you going. And a couple of reveals that are like the jaw drops yeah, a little yeah. bit when they happen, which is what you want. It never at any point felt, even though it's kind of preposterous, it never at any point felt so preposterous that I was taken out of the movie. Even the elements that really stretch your 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 ability to disbelieve what you've seen on the screen um, landed really well for me. Uh, this was one of the highlights for me overall. I thought it was really, really good. Um, it will get some proper push released. I don't know if it'll get like the full cinema run. I, I doubt that. But you, I can't imagine you're going to be waiting long to see Little Bone Lodge. And when it is available in or around your area... I think it's it's a is a good time. Is it like is a good good time? A little uncomfortable, but the best horror movies are. Uh, I know you fucking love this one, Baz, because it's pretty much all you spoke about from the moment you watched it. So let us know. Yeah, I I flat out loved this movie. It it, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, phenomenally well acted great story um I, i'm totally with you it was i i just kept flip-flopping as to as mm -hmm. to what was happening you know so so it's a very basic setup but right from the word go and, and you know so it's a, it's a type of kind of loose home invasion type idea uh initially and mm -hmm. um but right from the word go, there's just something not quite right with some of the characters <laughs> oh, and that, and yeah. you don't really know. But then about two-thirds to three-quarters of the way through, when you get the, the big payoff and the, and the big kind of flip in the movie, it, it's so much bigger than you were, than I was expecting anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it, it was John the Floor type stuff. Um brilliantly well acted it turns out i actually well not that i know but i have met <laughs> one of the actors in the film um a few times cameron jack who doesn't appear in it till much later but um he was my wife's uh, best friend paul who's a an agent cameron was one of his uh clients at one point i don't think he is now but um i once gave cameron a lift back from panto and motherwell back into glasgow <laughs> And then we had a lovely <laughs> Japanese meal a couple of weeks later. Um, mm -hmm. So, but he's gone on and he's done quite a lot of TV work in that new camera. But it was nice to see him pop up as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I just really loved it. Jolie Richardson is phenomenal um, in this. So in good. This film. <laughs> um, she she really is, and it's like you said, like she, it's like she plays a number of different characters. She only plays the one character in this movie, mm -hmm. but there are so many changes it's like she's playing different characters um everybody the younger girl in it she nails her character really well oh as god well. yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, it's great I, I, i'm 
struggling not to say too much here because I do not want to ruin it for anybody because yeah. you really could. I'm fully on board with what you're saying. This will definitely get a second watch from me. I think I could probably twist my wife's arm into watching this because it's uh, it's very much of a dark thriller and that was how they described it You know when they were introducing the film at the festival. Um, mm-hmm. There are elements in it that are horrific enough for me to push it to, you know, it's horror adjacent. You know, there, there, there's mm-hmm. bits in this film that are not cool at all. Um, <laughs> you know, but it, it is much more of a, a, a dark kind of thriller. Um, so yeah. I can probably twist my wife's arm into watching that. I would like to watch it again because I just think I would like to sit because there's probably quite a lot of stuff in the first half of the movie that skates by you. Um, because you don't know what's coming. But I'd like yeah. to revisit that kind of first half of that film again with the knowledge of what actually pays off towards at the end. Yeah, that, that, this was my movie of the festival. Um, I'm not going to say by a country mile, because there were other very good movies at this festival, but it, it, it was head and shoulders above the rest for me. I just I just thought it was so well done. Um even um, the professional quality, the whole thing, though, it just reeked yeah. of absolute quality for me. Yeah. Um, and just a, a gripping story. Like I say, I had struggled through the first three movies of the day um, to varying levels. This one had me right from the start, wide awake. Uh, and it's one of the longer ones. I don't think it's quite the two hour mark, but it's maybe about, is it 145 or something like that, this movie? Uh, one thirty. Oh, was it just one thirty? Was it? It's just one thirty. Um, that's what I'm saying. This flew in. Yeah. Oh God, I. Um, but yeah, no, I had me grips from beginning to end, and the minute we walked out of there, I was raving about it, and everything get compared to. It. So yeah, <laughs> uh, hi- highlight of my weekend uh, was Little Bone Lodge. Nice, nice. Uh, right. Um, let's go from. Movies that reek of quality and money to movies that are. Are we nice going to grade and... that bitch? Let's grade oh, it. Oh, did. Oh, let's go. Oh, sorry, I cut you right off when you were. Yeah, I gave this one a four. Um, I thought this one was super strong. Really liked it. Uh, would highly recommend it and would watch it again. Similar to yourself, I will be dragging the wife to watch this one as soon as it's available. Uh, what about yeah. yourself, Baz? Uh, it's a four point five for me. Um, it, it was right up there. I wouldn't. I, I don't think I can quite go to a five on it, um, but it, it was a, a, a four point five. I absolutely loved this movie. Thought it was brilliant. Awesome, awesome. Right, so I, I destroyed my segue by forgetting everything about the grading that we do on this show. Uh, so let's just jump into the the, the next clip. We're going to discuss here for blood, a uh, uh, Canadian splatter comedy um it's probably the best way to describe it with pro wrestling so you know baz loved it um here's here's either the trailer or a clip and we'll be back to discuss it right after this so here's what we know for sure we're dealing with something supernatural I don't want to say that it's vampires i don't want to say that it's zombies i don't want to say that it's demons but they're definitely not human and I have no idea how many of them there are. 
anyway, we gotta arm ourselves. So, everybody grab a knife. Okay. You too, kiddo. No, no, Tom, she can't have a knife. If one of those things comes at her, I want her to be prepared. Mm. Maybe just don't tell your parents. And welcome back. So, Here for Blood, this is directed by Daniel Torres and based on the screenplay and story by James Roberts. The movie stars Sean Roberts, Maya, you've got a surname I can't pronounce, uh, Julie Farrell, Tara Spencer Nairn, Michael Theriot, um, Kelly Penner, Samantha Helt, Mar- Marcus. Bobby Sike, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce that. Uh, <laughs> uh, J- Jesse Buck, Jimmy Lim, and uh, some other folks still laughing at me. Um, the synopsis for this movie is listed on IMDb is um, when his girlfriend Phoebe is swamped with college exams, Tom O'Bannon, a rowdy pro wrestler struggling to make ends meet, agrees to fill in at the last minute replacement for her well paying babysitting job. Tom arrives at an isolated family home where he meets a precocious 10-year-old Grace. What starts off as a quiet night of pizza and video games quickly spirals into a bloody, violent chaos as Tom and Grace find themselves fighting for their lives when an otherworldly cult of mass intruders descend on the home. Baz, you have the floor. First wrong review on Here for Blood. What did you think? So th- this particular movie, I-, I don't know, but I knew nothing about it getting into it. It was like I'd seen the list and for some reason I'd kind of just skated over the top of this and I really had Well, the only thing we little... knew about it was D. Snyder was, like, credited in the movie. Yeah. That was literally yeah, yeah, the yeah. only thing I knew. And I immediately related it to, was it Savage Land, the movie I watched kind of recently? That That's right, done, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I really liked and I thought he was great in it. Um... But no, I, other than that, I had, had kind of no, no idea of what was going on here at all with this one. Um, then it turns out it's about fucking wrestling. And it's <laughs> Which you wrestling. find out in the opening credits. And I was like yeah, that. Yeah. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, we've lost Baz. I know. Well, I, I'm sure I said to Liam, I either said it to Liam or I said it in my head. I was like, oh, fuck me. Is this about wrestling? Um, <laughs> and then it, it, it's a wrestler that's a babysitter. It, and I, actually, this film is quite good, and I'm annoyed <laughs> about that. <laughs> that this film should have been everything I hated, um, and and we've had a few kind of comedic movies so far in in the yep. the festival, and here's another one getting thrown in. I I don't mind a bit of horror comedy, but I don't watch a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. And this was, I think, but this is probably about the third straight-up horror comedy that we're getting. Oh, it is, um, yeah, yeah. By this point. And it's a wrestling a subject that I have no interest in. In fact, <laughs> I'm quite, you know, against. Uh, I th- yeah, but it's been really vocal good. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but oddly... The guy is quite endearing. The wrestler boy that's the main character in it, he is actually quite endearing. The little kid in it's really good. And the, the humour is well done. Mm-hmm. Which is, is the main thing in this. Um, it, it's nothing new or groundbreaking by any means, but it's just well delivered. 
and it it knows what it is, and I think the wrestler boy knows what he is, so they yeah. don't try to take it any further than that. And yeah, it just landed. Bill, it's a real fun film. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to return to this over and over again by any means, but for a film about a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stress this enough. It's a fucking wrestler. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say about it. I, I enjoyed this film. I really didn't think I was going to. I thought it was going to be absolute dog shit, and it's not. It, it's a good, fun movie. It, it'd been quite a long day up to this point, and then there was a bit of a jittery high from Little Bone Lodge. And I think this film kind of just plateaued me out nicely. It felt. It fell at a nice point in time. The only thing I would say is that they should have maybe flipped this in the last one. Um, more yeah. in relation to the last movie than to this one kind of thing. But um, yeah, Here for Blood was surprisingly good. Um, I had a real good time watching it. Um, I don't have an awful lot more to say about it. It's not a film that you can wax lyrical about. It's yeah. just good fun. Um, and... If, it, if this film with its topics and, and its content can make me laugh, then most other people will have a whale of a fucking time watching it. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I thought this was fucking great. Uh, this hit me just right. Um, Sean Roberts, who plays, who is a wrestler, apparently a pro wrestler, who plays the well, the, the main character here, the babysitter, um, is fucking great. I think his comedic timing is awesome. You're right, he's not an actor, but I think that actually benefits him. Uh, this has a kind of almost a kind of Evil Dead 2 sort of vibe about it in terms of yeah. it's clearly a cheaply made movie, but it's all slapstick and gore effects and, you know, buckets and buckets. Of it. This is all practical as well, minus the supernatural stuff they do. Um, and it all works, all works really, really, really well. I thought the story was fun. Um, it felt, it felt kind of quirky and weird and out there. I thought the the design of the masks, of which there are many in this one, are great. There was like a, at least two masks that I thought, like any different movie, that would be terrifying. There's one yeah. which is like an up down ghost face mask, and the way they utilize it in it is like borderline creepy. It, it sounds really dumb as fuck. Well. Yeah. It real, that mask sounds dumb as fuck, but it, it hits really well. There's a couple of particular little small scenes involving it yeah. when they do a particular thing with it, and you're like, ah, it's fucking creepy. It's so creepy, it's so real, so well done. I mean, the story gets farcical and like comedic pretty much all the way through it, but I actually think they held it together right to the end. Even when the movie finished, I felt like I'd had a good time with it. I laughed all the way through this um i one of my favorite things is uh liam's brother daniel's friend arrived um to watch this one and he was sitting beside you and i i i think there were about 20 minutes into the movie where i heard them discussing d snyder um and like they clearly didn't know who d snyder was and then we were standing outside chatting a bit after the movie finished and they were like he's like yeah I, I mean, you keep mentioning this D. Snyder guy. Who is he? And it was like that front man of Twisted Sister. And he was like, who? And I was like, 
twisted because like Daniel's like Daniel's younger than Liam and Liam's younger than us, um, yeah. and I'm like that. I want to rock, and he's like that. Oh yeah, yeah I know that song. And I'm like, he's the front man. <laughs> oh, he sings it. All oh, right, all right. I didn't know that, and I'm like, <sighs> I, I I'm old, I suppose. Uh, that's that's what that is. Um, yeah, it's really well paced. The jokes land really well. It's full of practical buckets of blood, and that's kind of what I wanted from it, and it's kind of what it delivered. The best the best laugh about the D Snyder thing was at the end of the movie. Like, who the fuck was D Snyder in that film? And yeah, then it turns out he's, yeah. he's uh no, I'm not he's the, it. Yes, a, a skull. Yes, it's <laughs> not an actual yeah. character in the film. He's he voices something. He's voice. He's voice acting in this movie, yeah. uh, which, as Scott pointed out, in a very, like, a very kind of accurate way, it kind of they, they could have kind of led with that. Like, yeah, he's the, 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 the voice of the skull. Yes, something along those lines, but no, 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 it's with Dee Snyder, so you just assume, you spend the majority of the movie waiting to see someone who doesn't appear, um, and who has been with you, and could have been anyone, to be honest with you, um, <laughs> it doesn't really need to be him, it wasn't as if the skull was going, I want to rock, and like, it wasn't that, so, um, yeah, I had, I had an absolute ball with this one, like I said, this movie just like had me, I think this is why I didn't have the fatigue issues that everyone else did in the final movie. I came out of this one on an adrenaline high, yeah. so I jumped into the last movie feeling great about myself. Um, what do you give Here for Blood, Baz? Uh, I actually gave Here for Blood a four, which is way higher than I thought I was going to give it. I loved this <laughs> film, but it was great. I'm the same as you. I gave this a four. I thought this was absolutely brilliant. I like These guys are currently looking for distribution. Um, so I don't know when the movie. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Which is a shame because it's it's a lot better than a lot of the shit that gets fucking put yes. out. Like this. Like once again, to stress, everyone will see the Winnie the Pooh movie. When are people yeah. going to see Here for Blood? That's the stuff that drives me up the fucking wall, man, honestly. But we're not getting that's an argument for a different thing. Um, so yeah, both fours for myself and Baz. Let's swing into the last movie. I said to you. That the last movie of Fright Fest stereotypically is shit. They pick a like a movie which you kind of feel like they've been strong armed into releasing. They shove it on because they know a lot of people will leave either during it or won't stick around to watch it. And it never tracks well. I've yet to see a closing movie at Fright Fest that I actually enjoyed or even thought was good. So, but this one had Spanish horror. I was yeah. like, ooh. Um, religious again, I was like, oh, here we go. Um, but the title of the movie is 13 Exorcisms, and I'm like, that in like, that's like literally, you have me in on this one. The premise laid out in a particular way where I was interested, intrigued. So let's get to it. Um, apparently, this movie is doing really well, uh, probably alongside a ratty in Spain, it's, it's performed very well, and um, it's been released by Studio Canal. So, once again, I imagine you can probably get uh, an import of this one relatively easy, and I imagine it'll make its way to some sort of streaming channel, most likely on Netflix, somewhere down the road this year. Uh, here is the trailer for the movie when we return, we're discussing the closing movie of Fright Fest 2023. Right, I saw this. ¿Os apetece hablar con los muertos? Sí. Si hay alguna presencia aquí, manifiéstate. Laura. 
contarme lo que ha pasado? Hicimos una sesión de espiritismo. Y desde ese día algo me persigue. ¿Usted cree en el infierno? No soy creyente. Pues yo sí. El diablo sabe cómo corrompernos. Tú no tienes tu baño, ¿qué? Hará todo lo posible por alimentarse de nuestras debilidades. Mañana quisiera hablar con ella para confirmar mis sospechas. ¿Mis sospechas? Creo que vuestra hija está poseída por el demonio. ¿Y cuántos exorcismos van a ser necesarios? No debemos pasar de los trece. ¿Cómo te llamas? And welcome back. So, 13 exorcisms, or in the Spanish title, 13 exorcismos. And I'm sure Exor there is a word for exorcismos. 13. <laughs> I'm sure there's also a, a word for 13 in, but I'm saying 13 in the English. Because um, I. Sounds even better. This one is directed by Jacobo Martinez and stars a lot of Spanish people. So we're not doing that again. Uh, it's based on the screenplay, and I don't know why I did this, by Ramon Compos, Salvador S. Molina, and Gemma R. Neria. Um, synopsis for this one is... After the strange behavior displayed by teenager Laura Villagas, her family calls a Vatican-sanctioned exorcist to intervene in the case of demonic possession. From there, a series of strange phenomena will appear. Um, so this was a closing movie, like I say, it kind of had me in. The premise I've been told is she's been invaded by a powerful demon and she will have to go through the ordeal of up to 13 exorcisms in order to expunge said demon. Um, there's a difficulty in this genre. There's a difficulty in the consecration world. But there was no exorcisms in that movie. As soon as you make a movie that involves any sort of exorcism, you're instantly in the lane of being compared to the exorcist. It's a, it, sadly... That's the cross that you have to bear, no pun intended. Um, it's the same if you make like any movie where an animal is hunting. Straight away, it's going to be compared to Jaws. It's just a fact of life. You're just going to have to deal with it. 13 Exorcisms makes a real fucking good go at it. It is very well acted. Um, the script, story and pacing are really well done. This is an hour and a half and it, it does... The first 40 minutes are really setting up the involvement of the priest. The last 40 minutes are pretty much exorcisms and weird shit. Um, the lead up of those 40 minutes, couple of cool setups, couple of really good scares. I think you said to us after it that it's probably the closest we could get to seeing any movie that we'd seen was an out-and-out -out horror movie. Just like no, yeah. no frills. This is a horror. It, it to me, it, it was certainly it was the scariest of the yeah. you know the eleven films that we saw. Um, and yeah, as a flat out, I'm just here to scare you. That's what this yeah. film was. 
Yeah, and and I think I think it did a lot of that really, really, really well. Um, I liked the idea of no more than thirteen exorcisms. I thought the and the added little quirks in, which I won't go into. Um, but the the way they set up that was really cool. Um, I think all the characters had really interesting uh, arcs. Like the mother and father, their dynamic and how that changed the involvement of the priest himself. Um, it ends um, in a, a very familiar territory, which let it down a little bit for me. It like, doesn't verbatim copy a very famous movie which involves an exorcism, but um, it does. It does do something is almost the same and that to me is almost unforgivable but in terms of like i say the the way it's shot the effects the special effects are fucking incredible um and it just it's a very serious exorcist movie and taken on that level i think it delivers scares i think it delivers atmosphere and tension what it doesn't necessarily deliver on is originality, which is very difficult in the subgenre that it's playing in. But yeah, as nuts and bolts exorcism movies go, this is one of the better ones I've seen in quite some time. So I thought this was I thought this was really good. What about yourself, Baz? Uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Like I say, it, it's probably the only one that genuinely scared me to any extent. <laughs> um, there are a couple of really good scares in it. Yeah, there's there's heavy exorcism, uh, exorcist vibes in it. There, there's elements of uh, the exorcism Emily Rose uh, in there mm-hmm. as well. Um, I thought it was phenomenally well acted. I love Spanish horror at the best of times. I think the only thing I would disagree with you on actually is that the pacing of the film I, I found mm. a bit odd. And then that leading into, as you say, the, the, kind of the first half of the film is very much all set up and the second half yeah. of the film is very much all um fear we're exercising shit but um <laughs> i i think one of the things so i think when we had discussed it previously we talked about so there's 13 different demons of it you know and it's just yeah, 13 yeah. different exorcisms. i think that's how i i think i may have yeah. misread that originally so because the, the, there are 13 exorcisms done in it but it's not like exorcism one exorcism yeah. too because Liam I know he'd struggled he'd slept through quite a lot of this film and he's like I'm fairly sure I fell asleep at exorcism one and woke up at number 12 <laughs> but yeah but it's not like you missed 11 and in between kind of thing do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I found the pacing a little odd um, it, it just didn't I was almost expecting that kind of exponential ramping up uh, yeah. that you get with a lot of these kind of films and that didn't come and maybe that's to its credit it, it followed a different kind of path maybe a bit mm-hmm. um, yeah the ending I would, I would agree there, there, there's no getting by it and I suppose as you say if you're going to make a film like this you're going to get compared to that film and that, that's just inevitable. the fact of life maybe don't down the road that you went down then here do you know what i mean maybe maybe try and minimize that to an extent and they maybe yeah. didn't do that enough um yeah it wasn't the film i thought it was going to be 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I had something else in my head. That's not to say I didn't enjoy this film. I thought it was great. Um, a, an awful lot going for it, um, and definitely the scariest of of the the weekend. Um, and, and a good one to finish on. Um, I've got. I've got yes, say, we don't usually get this quality as the final movie. I can't yeah. stress that enough. The final movie is yeah. usually like last year's final movie was Seller. Um, yeah. which is available on Shudder just now and that was a movie that felt three times the length that it was and didn't mm. deliver anything that I wanted so yeah. uh, quality is probably the, the, the best term to put against this movie actually yeah. um, it, it's a quality exorcism movie um, is it the best? No uh, but it's a million miles away from being the worst Agreed, agreed. Um, so yeah, final grades for the final movie. I liked this one. I gave it a three. Um, I think watching this again is one that would, you know, it could maybe go up to a three point five. But on that view, and it landed there. I think, yeah, I think you could easily sit down on a Saturday night with your significant other or like a group of friends that you want to get some cheap scares out of. I don't mean the movie does it that way, just that you know it will scare them. Um, shove on 13 exorcisms and it will deliver that. So three at five yeah. for me. What about yourself, Baz? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually a little high and I went 3.5. Um, yes. And I, I think probably it was because, you know, it was my first horror movie festival. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I might have felt a little cheated if I didn't get a bit scared at some point during the weekend kind of thing. Difficult, isn't it? 30, yeah. 13 <laughs> exorcisms did that for me. So yeah, it kind of almost filled a really obvious hole in the festival experience for me. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I, I'm, I'm hitting it with a 3.5. Very nice. Right before we uh, before we bring ourselves in to do our little outro on this episode, let's talk uh, lists here. Right? Do have you ordered them, Baz? Your favorites, um, to least favorites, or least favorites to favorites, or top five? I, or, have you done? I, I, I can. I've, I've got them all here scored, and I could put them in a list. I don't have them in a list, but I can put them in a list. <laughs> Uh, well, let's let's maybe not every. Let's do um, bottom two, and let's do top three. Okay. Right, and let's leave everything else in between. So, what uh, was your second to least favorite and your least favorite of the festival? Uh, my second to least favorite was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, uh, and my least yep. favorite was Hunt Her, Kill Her. <laughs> um, it shouldn't have come as any great surprise. It was fairly clear from my reviews that's how that went. Um, yeah. What about yourself? Um, yeah, it's probably the the reverse. Um, so for me, my second to least favorite was Hunter Killer, uh, and my least favorite was uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, let's talk. And I almost had Mother Superior as my second to least favourite, but I thought the thought of putting that out there would make your brain explode, and I don't know if your <laughs> wife would appreciate that. Uh, let's do top three. I'm curious on this one. Um, give me, uh, in reverse order, your top three. Right, so at number three, um, I am going to go with Chad Gets the Axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed that, thoroughly enjoyed that film, and it probably edges, I'd scored that a four, I'd also scored uh, here for Blood a four, 
But um, yep. I, I, just Chad Gets the Axe was much more my type of movie. I really enjoyed Here for Blood, but Chad Gets the Axe ticked a lot of my boxes, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to go with Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and number one, my favourite, and it shouldn't come as any surprise, certainly you guys that were there with me is Little Bone Lodge. Um, that was my highlight, definitely. Definitely. Once again, we're you? not that... Yeah, we're not far off here. Uh, Chan right. Gets the Axe was my number three. Uh, Little okay. Bone Lodge was my number two. And Onyx the Fortuitous was my number one. Um, so, yeah, pretty much there. Um, like you I said, that's probably yeah, a on. fairly decent guide to what we saw then. Do you know what I mean? Because we do have yeah. varying yeah. tastes I think it and covered views it. on things, you know. Yeah, the horror comedies performed really well this year, and they don't always yes. perform well at Fright Fest. Um, and I think, I, th- I would agree with you, I think the second day just had a marked improvement in quality. There was very yeah. little that scored poorly for me on the on the second day, whereas on the first day there was two movies that scored yeah. you know, below a three. There was only one movie that scored a below a three for me on the second day, and there was more movies that played, so... I mean, as I say, in, in terms of horror comedy, when that third one kind of landed for me to like that, mm. you know, to have essentially yeah. enjoyed three horror comedies in a an eleven yeah. movie run, that they've got to be pretty decent because you know there are ones that I like, but it's really not my favourite genre, um, yeah. and I liked all three of them. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that shows the kind of level of quality that they were playing at. There we go, ladies and gents. That's our coverage of Fright Fest 2023. Liam says he's not doing next year. We all know that's a lie and he'll be back. Um, I'm looking forward to to, to uh, getting back out there and checking it out next year. Um, most likely in tow with the Baz, although uh, he's got uh, a year to make that happen now. So I've, uh, I've um, start, I'm starting work on it soon, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> Um, and I'll 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 start getting some uh, Jaws is shite themed bum bags for us to make sure that no <laughs> mobile phones are destroyed. Um, thank you very much for checking out this episode of the podcast under the stairs. I know what you're thinking. It's great having the Baz back, and what we can say is it will not be long until the Baz is back again. Um, we have a Bazzy's Backdoor Cinema in the wings, getting ready to record, and we can announce what the subject matter is right here. Baz, what have you picked for your return to Baz's Backdoor Cinema? Okay, so continuing along the lines of some of the the more recent ones that we've done in Baz's Backdoor Cinema, it's another little true crime number. Um, This time it is a three-part documentary series that is airing on Sky TV in the UK at this point in time, and it is Fred West, The Glasgow Girls. So, Mm. uh, focuses on notorious serial killer Fred West uh, of Gloucester, um, but it focuses on his early life uh, in Glasgow, in particular around his first wife, uh, Vina, mm-hmm. um, who he married before Rose um, and their children and various people in Glasgow that he, he had um, interactions with and so on and how that fed into what happened later on. 
Very, I'm, I'm excited. You've seen it. I've still to watch it. Um, as a subject matter that I'm infinitely fascinated with, and one that I'm like you've already kind of sprinkled a little bit of interest for me. Like when it comes to the story told about Fred West, a lot of the time the Glasgow part of it is a a blip um, a in the story yeah. overall. Um, so I'm, I'm super curious to get uh, drilled into that. So that'll be the next one that we return to you guys with. You know how you can check out the show. Please subscribe wherever you're listening to it. If you're checking us out on the YouTubes, then subscribe to the YouTube channel. Why not? We are going to be doing more video content as the year goes on. Uh, subscribe to the Teapots Collective as well. You get all the shows that I do over there. And um, for the socials, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Teapots Cast gets you the podcast under the stairs. And at the Twitters and the Instagrams, the twin prongs of social media sexiness, at Teapots Cast for both. Baz, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners, please? Certainly shall. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed my inane rantings. Uh, about Fright Fest folks and I hope it maybe encourages you to go and check out a wee horror movie festival or even just Mm. go to the cinema a bit more and check out some horror movies there's a lot of good stuff out there and I will see you all very soon and from myself thank you very much for checking out this episode Podcast Under the Stairs will be back with you tomorrow with our next episode and concluding part of season number one of the Chucky TV show. Myself and Andy Blockley doing episodes seven and eight. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.